Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fudge TV. I am Peter, and unfortunately, Matt is not here this week. Matt had some family stuff to go take care of, so he misses out. But what we do have here, and arguably, I mean, it's up to your own opinion if this is better or worse than me being here on my own, but Connor's here. How is it when even that I'm here and Matt's not, <laughs> I still get last billing? <laughs> because it's in Matt's contract, he has to be second. He has to be second, even even if he's not here, he has to be credit. It's, you know, it's that it's that thing where the actors in the contracts have like their name has to be like first or second in the poster, so you yeah. end up with this weird thing where the faces don't match the names that are above them. Mm. So stipulate where the faces go, really, shouldn't they? They really should, because it ends up being wacky. But here we go. So, yeah, we talk about DC Comics, and it is a week five, and week fives mean less books. Or at least right now they do. Maybe if November's any indication, that may not be that true uh, <laughs> forever. But, so, yeah, so there's less books this week, and it's just me and Connor. So it's going to be a wacky, kind of weird, and different show. Uh, so what books do we actually have? We have Wonder Woman number 29, because it was delayed. So, hey, that was a mercy killing. Uh, we have All-Star Batman 13, because it was delayed. <laughs> so that's another mercy killing. Uh, we do have Supergirl Annual Number One. Uh, we have the Dark Side Special Number One, which is one of the Kirby specials that have been coming out this month. So we decided to read that uh, since it was a quieter week. Um, and we had, well, a special bit of news for everyone actually here. This is a last minute edition. Uh, basically, uh, David Short, who uh, you know, supports us on Patreon, and he supports us. He's the reason that Connor has to read Red Hood every month uh, over the last few months. Uh, basically, sent sent me a message saying, "Hey, if I pay double this month, can he do the annual uh, on the fifth week?" And I said, "Of course he can." And <laughs> so, so surprise, Connor's Connor's making a bonus appearance on this episode. Uh, Connor will be reading Red Hood and the Outlaws Annual Number One. That's coming up. So. <laughs> this is the problem when even though it's a fifth week in august the you know the the patreon like when we record this it mm. becomes september so he mm-hmm. gets away with it yeah yeah Be- because we're actually in september now because the, the the patreon started this new month this was possible so <laughs> this is delightful delightful so that's a bonus and of course uh, we're going to talk about Green Arrow year one all six issues of the uh, the miniseries that came out in 2007 uh, by Andy Diggle and Jock that was the winner of the Patreon vote because on the fifth weeks we always do a trade or a graphic novel and that's what won the vote uh, for this month so that is all the books we're going to be talking about but we also have questions I asked I just put a request out on Twitter just a couple hours ago said hey people we're recording we've got a bit of extra time this episode anyone want to ask some questions and we have four questions to, uh, to... Uh, and I'm a little concerned because I haven't seen these, so I might That's be normal. blindsided. Every every Joe, you know, every podcast I've ever watched where those questions, the other people don't know the, the questions before they're asked. Only the host does. See, I think everyone should know. Level playing field. Put some thought into it. <laughs> no, because watching you struggle is part of the fun. One day you're going to struggle. I struggle every day. I struggle with the simplest things imaginable. Just see yes. me try to use the washing machine. Nothing but struggle. Oh, I, I, I can imagine. I imagine <laughs> you have no, no idea what to do. <laughs> I, 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 the, the, the big hole, you put the clothes in, you press a button. Right, oh, no, all right, no, stop. We got we got as far as there's a big hole. <laughs> Didn't need to go any further than that. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Um, bye. So, 
That's what's coming up on this week's show. This weird show where only one of us have read like some of the books. Half the books, in fact. Because uh, I've only read Supergirl. Uh, the only one who's read All-Star Batman's Connor. So it's going to be a weird and wacky, wonderful show. Uh, I mean, wonderful's debatable. But we're going to get into it. So uh, I suppose, do you want a bit of small talk first? Connor, how was your week? Have you had a nice week? Yeah, it was all right. I've been playing some games. I got uh, the Mario and Rabbids for the Switch. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like a XCOM style, but Nintendoized. Be- best game I've played from Ubisoft in years. It's fantastic. I like how that's usually someone's selling point when I when I say I have no interest. Like, yeah, but it's like XCOM because they don't like XCOM. In fact, I've been playing XCOM too. That's what I've been playing over the last couple of weeks. And then you say Nintendoized, and I'm like, eh. it's 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 actually you need you need to put thought and skill into it still it's not easy when i say that oh it's just, sure it's got a different well, I, it, yes. I, i'm under no impression that uh, nintendo games are easy like i from the ones i have played they do eventually get quite tough it's not a question of skill it's more the cartoony characters and the, the style of humor that i'm not particularly and, fond and of. the rabbits are pretty annoying because they're basically like minions but they're kind of the bad guys and you're mostly shooting them so <laughs> that's pretty fun there are a lot of minions actually now that you bring that up. Yeah, I, I also got the, uh, the the Call of Duty World War Two beta because I haven't played that in years, and it's like, oh, this is pretty good. Fair enough. Um, yeah, like I said, I played XCOM too. Uh, otherwise, though, I've been uh, typically busy. Me, 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 and Tim are doing a lot of horror movies for October, so we've been kind of scheduling out that and picking what we're doing and all that kind of thing and. Uh, just and obviously we've had the extra TV because we had the tech, which you know again it's an Amazon show, so that all dropped at once. So it's been that was pretty good as well. That was pretty good. Uh, I recommend the tech on Amazon if you haven't uh, watched it. Six episodes of the first season are up because they yeah. We wish we'd got more. Yeah, we do. We do wish we got more. But uh, so no, uh, I guess we'll we'll crack into the the books then. What what little of them we have. So Wonder Woman 29 is up first, uh, Shia Fintana rating with David Mencina and Inaki Mirandi on art. So this is the uh, fourth part, I have to think about that, uh, of this this arc. And uh, we ended the last issue with this cliffhanger of all the the female assassins coming for Wonder Woman. We don't know what they're wanting her for yet or why there's a bounty on her. We do now after this issue, but we didn't at the time. And the uh, so yeah, you know, we start. I'd say the first half of the issue is an action sequence. Uh, it's Wonder Woman and Etta fighting off these various villains. You you got Cheshire, you got uh, Plastique, you got you know bunch of bunch of characters. You you have some other tiger themed villain that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, she's like some some cat goddess uh, thing. Laser eyes. So yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> no, no, I'm right. just looking. They're actually called cat eye. Oh, she's called Cat Eye. Okay. Yeah. Cool. New, new one for me. That's fair. Clues, I mean, we could, probably could have guessed that, really. I mean, probably, but, I mean... I mean, we got laser eyes. We got cat. Yeah, but she could also just be called, like... I don't know. White Tiger. You want to have a white tiger? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. You could call it a number of things. Um... Yeah, I thought it was an okay issue. It, it, it sort of brought into where this 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 arc is kind of going. Um, basically, there's a lot of narration from Wonder Woman about how she kind of feels like like 
the media, the press are always talking about her as if they own her, as if as if she is like owes something to the world, like that her body's the, the big topic of discussion. Like they talk about her thighs or her waist, like all these things. It's, it's obviously it's a very meta commentary on uh, sort of the way that the press like obsess over the female body image. It's just very much what it's about. Um, but it comes into because when we find out what the assassins actually wanted her for, is that much like the doctor from issue two, which I just do still think was a really weak issue. Um, they want her, her DNA basically to hopefully cure diseases and cure various things and all the things they could do with that with that uh, that genetic information. Uh, and I like that idea, the idea that Wonder Woman then decides to no, I'm just going to go willingly because if I can actually help save people, yeah. like if I, if I can I'm give gonna, some I'm blood, volunteer. yeah, like you know, I'll do it. But it does kind of tie into this idea of like she feels that her body's not her own, like other people are taking it for themselves. Right, the, the idea that maybe they should have just asked. Well, yeah, sure, yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, but yeah, it ties nicely into that theme. Uh, so. Yeah. I thought this was a, a solid issue. I'd probably say I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the the last one, just from an action point of view. Like the action is fine uh, in the first half of the issue. It wasn't worrying me. I, I don't think it has any of those standout moments that the last issue had. Yeah, yeah, well, that's kind of how I feel. But it's uh, it's consistently fun. Yeah, Steve, Steve shows up. You know, uh, Wonder Woman. late to help out as yeah. usual. Much they have a little joke about, it and uh, Wonder Woman is just happy to see him. Uh, but that's that's. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's, she basically decides at the end, okay, we've tracked this this guy who's like hiring everyone, like his son or whatever was suffering from a disease, and he's been trying to work to to fight this. And it's she kind of compares it to uh, like in war, like you like you sacrifice like X number of soldiers for the greater good, like you know, is is that such a weird sacrifice? Like even if she dies from like giving them a cure to cancer, for example, like is that worth the death? Like if everyone. Who, ever who gets cancer can now be cured from it uh, I mean argue, from a pure cold logistic point of view it is but uh, I, I imagine there'll be more of a twist to this though next issue we'll find out the actual right it can't be that easy can it yeah yeah we'll, we'll find out it's not as simple as that and that not only is there a risk of her dying maybe they'll, they'll also be like oh no they also want to use it to like weaponize people and like you know for you know Probably, more nefarious means the government and then also just the idea that it'll be there's always more, isn't it? They go, oh, we can cure this, but then we can do more. We, what what else can we do? And you know, they, they, eventually they'll just kind of keep her there because she'll keep volunteering. She go, yeah, I want to help. Yeah, yeah. I imagine, I, I imagine, just from a writing perspective, you have to make it not be that easy. Otherwise, why doesn't she keep volunteering for things like this? Yeah. So I, I think you write yourself into a hole if you say, oh, her blood can just cure things. Idea. Um, yeah, but it's a nice idea to explore, like from from her questioning like what her purpose is and what she should be doing. It's an interesting thing to bring up. Of course, there's no guarantee that it will work either. Oh sure, yeah. Like so, there's that is a, is an easy way out. Like it's it's they're theorizing that it might, but yeah, you never know. Yeah, um, yeah. Art, art was pretty consistent with the the previous issues for the most yeah. part. I think considering this this issue was the same artist as last issue, but mm. the first two were different. I think uh, tonally they've been very similar and kept a, a strong feel across them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was fine. It didn't like blow me away, but I, I definitely like. I think issues one and three were really strong. And I just mean one and three of this arc. Obviously, it's actually like twenty six and twenty eight. <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, like I think these are really strong. I think this one was really solid. Uh, issue, uh, the second issue of the arc being the only one that 
uh, I, I felt really dipped for me in terms of like quality. That's but, fair. I, de- I definitely think that was the weakest issue. Yeah. So, uh, but that's it. So, so there you go. That's Wonder Woman twenty nine, uh, which will take us on to All Star Batman number thirteen, which obviously Connor's the only one that's been reading this since. A while. A while, yeah. It's actually not been that many issues, but it keeps getting delayed. In actual time, it's been a long time. So It still typically comes out every month, though. It might have missed maybe one month. I think it did miss a month. And I, I think it, there's been a lot of months where it's, it's slipped from week two to three, and then in this case it was week two to week five. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like a long time yeah. between issues, but I think it's still mostly on schedule in terms of where it should be for months. Anyway, this was Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque. At least uh, they're the main people on the book. Uh, I think there's a uh, yeah, I think the others with... are just for the backup, which yeah. I didn't read. Oh, fair enough. So, main story then. What, what, yeah, what, what I've, was... I've not been reading the backups in a while, to be honest. No, we're still on this, uh, no, the, the Alfred story. And a lot more of this is actually the the past stuff in, in Alfred's youth, in you know, that, that program that he was going through to be some kind of soldier. Mm. Like, uh, like a, a Batman prototype sort of thing was kind of what it was. But uh, again, tying in with this whole theme of uh, you know Bruce being his son, it's all about his relationship with his mentor in in this program, and the idea that ultimately it boils down to how the mentor's like, yeah, I keep trying this, and keep, they keep dying because they keep they're, they're too worried about attachments so ultimately we've got to you know cut those those ties and, and it's this this comes up a lot of alfred's kind of thinking maybe if i retired maybe if i left bruce would kind of give it up because he wouldn't i'm not there to facilitate it and en- enable him hmm. and uh but in the past it actually boils down to his mentor goes off to assassinate alfred's dad it's like okay. li- literally <laughs> cut all ties it's like well, if you've got nothing left to to care about then you'll devote everything to this, which is kind of how Bruce has been. Yeah, going out of your way to do it though is another right, another right. Fa- a whole other matter. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but it's 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 a real nice seeing Alfred as this spy story. It's it's a lot of fun seeing him go through all this training missions and stuff, and it's it's all about the the trust between the pair and it feels very you know batman and robin sort of you know the idea that they have to trust each other and... is 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 all the story flashback not all of it just about 80% this issue it's just cuz the covers like this neon looking batman fight and i'm like where does that fit into all this alfred story i'm getting to that okay okay that guy that he's fighting on there, that's briar who was alfred's mentor Right, okay, so he's, he's here in present day as the so villain. He's here in present right, day okay. in the villain as well, and he, he's coming after Bruce. And, you know, they're, they're having a bit of a tussle, which is kind of secondary to, to what the story is. It's kind of just there because it's like, eh, we got to have some Batman action. Which is, it is fine, but it's it's really not that interesting, the Batman side of things. There's, the, uh, the, the, the best stuff that comes from Alfred's reactions to seeing what Batman does, like when... when uh, Batman stops these two bikers and tries to, you know, commandeer one of their bikes because things are going wrong. And and Alfred's just talking about how, you know, like they just stop because they they he has a presence and uh, things like that. Like, like, those things are really quite effective. Okay. But 
the art's gorgeous again as always because albuquerque he, he really plays with the shadows and stuff in the spy stuff and it's it's the most interesting alfred stuff i've seen in a while but the the the, the batman fight's kind of underwhelming though i'll oh, be honest fair enough um yeah, because isn't this is the next one the last one? Does it end at fourteen? I think fifteen. Fifteen, okay. Because this is part four. I think I don't remember this being a five-part thing. I'm just I'm just curious because uh, like just where it is in the story, like how much is left. This is the yeah, because it does make All Star Batman feel like this weird like hodgepodge of like it was meant to be longer and I know they're going to do this like prestige thing instead for the next whatever the next yeah. story was going to be. It's just it's just kind of funny to me that. It just it feels less like an ongoing series and more like a, just a couple of arcs and that's all it, you know. All, no, all it's it, all it no, it's true. Because mm. and I think even the arcs have felt very separate. Mm. Like the first arc was, you know, which that was the two face one with the two face one, yeah. yeah. So that was like one whole thing, and then the second one was the one with all the you know the the separate artists. Yeah, yeah I, re- I read like half of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was mostly individual issues, but then kind of connected to a larger it, story. It, just, it feels like it's been like a series of different mini series that just happened to be held together with the same name. Yeah, because I, I do remember when they originally like announced it, the pitch was kind of all star Batman referred to a team of all star artists. It was like yeah. a showcase for the art, and I think it's other than the the first arc that's been true. <laughs> Yeah, because Rumita Junior. Yeah. Yeah, but pretty much all the artists on the second arc were great, and you had a, a good variety. And then you know Albuquerque, who who doesn't love Albuquerque doing Batman? I I I would struggle to find such a person. Um, but no, fair enough. Uh, so that's All Star Batman. Uh, now I get to talk for a bit. Uh, and with Supergirl Annual Number One, which is uh, Steve Orlando writing, and it's actually Steve Pugh on the art so obviously different arts given it's an annual um and this is actually just the next chapter of the story this is the next chapter of the current uh, ongoing plot so uh, it's just an essential piece then yeah it, there's no backup it's just all main story it's you know the whole thing uh, which actually means there's a lot happened in it because it's you know uh, a lot more uh, lot pages, pages. Yeah. Uh, so we ended the last issue with supergirl after her powers have been messing up but she still goes to fight grundy who's like tearing causing chaos in the streets uh, as part of the whole Fatal Five plan. And she goes to fight Grundy, and uh, some fighting happens, but then Indigo shows up, you know, as a hero. Like, she's like, no, Supergirl, you're causing more trouble. I'll save the city. So the whole the whole kind of plan's kind of coming together where you see, all right, they're going to discredit Supergirl, and they're going to make Indigo look like a better hero uh, to, like, you know, the opinion in the national city can, like, really uh, take a turn for Supergirl. Um, and this all comes together, because we see, we, you know, we had... Emma Dempress show up at the uh, the DEO and the rest of her plan there she actually breaks in and because uh, director Chase has been so paranoid and kind of Batman-y uh, for lack of a better word uh, she's been recording everything that's been going on in there so Emma Dempress actually uses the Cat co-op which Selena the Sorceress like acquires from uh, Cat because she showed up there at the end of the list. So there's a lot of things going on at the same time. There's a lot of things that sort yeah. of intersect and kind of like come together. But basically, she releases footage of Supergirl talking to Zor-El in the tank, being like, oh, I'll never give up on you, father. Uh, no matter what you've done, I will always try and sort of rehabilitate you and bring you back. Uh, and this footage is leaked out to everyone through a Cat co-op. And like, the entire city just like starts like 
distrusting, hurling abuse at Supergirl, and Supergirl has to like fly off and like deal with it. Her powers are still uh, acting up as well, so there's like a, multiple reasons for her to fly off. But she she flies off to Doctor Veritas, who she's like, "You need to help me with these powers. You need to help me get control of this." And she has some ideas about firing lasers into her. Basically, she figures out that uh, whatever she was shot with, like those cells are are causing her powers to overload. They're, they're, basically, instead of just absorbing the the regular amount of uh, solar energy, they're absorbing like and they keep it basically. Uh, ever expanding and it's causing her powers to go uncontrollably powerful so she's basically going to like deal with that and she does uh, she basically says okay i've not actually like your powers are actually still more than they were before i can't actually reverse them but it'll stop expanding so now you can control it you can just learn to control the new power level uh, but some fun stuff comes out of this because while she's there uh magog and uh selena the sorceress show up there to like try and get to Supergirl, try and kill her uh, while she's there. And instead, uh, Dr. Veritas has a, a plan in place. Laron, the Kryptonian werewolf, is her defences, and he jumps out. So we get some Laron action fighting Magog and uh, Selena the Sorceress. Uh, and Supergirl eventually, obviously she, she gets better. She's like, okay, I need to go and deal with Emily, Emerald Empress, who's taken over the DEO. She's like sealed it from the outside. So Supergirl sneaks in from underground, only to find out that the door's open from within from Eliza and Jeremiah, who were already in the building. So she's got some allies inside, and Supergirl has to like fight her way through the building. She gets to Emerald Empress, and the, the big sort of conclusion of the issue is that Emerald Empress wants her to watch her father die because we actually get some flashbacks in this issue of Emerald Empress's backstory where she was like a slave but then the, the, the eye showed up and she got all powerful she killed her, her slaver and she found out she had one family member left which is her father but her father was killed and apparently it's the descendants or maybe not the actual family descendants but it's certainly followers of Supergirl who actually kill her father and that's why she's so determined to deal with her and basically, uh, it's, it's, she kind of brings up that oh, someone tried to convince me that Saturn Girl is what I'm supposed to deal with, but she's got this personal vendetta for Supergirl, which is why she's doing all this. And it turns out, actually, that she lied to the rest of the Fatal Five. Like, she told all of them, oh, Supergirl is going to cause this and cause that, and she's going to be your end and your doom. All lies. She just made it all up so she had a team, and she's the only one that's actually directly affected by Supergirl in the future. So... That's all going on, and it also brings up that uh, Selena the Sorceress's powers are actually stopping Clark from knowing about any of this going on. Like, he, he's just unaware that anything's happening in National City because her powers are, like, making him not see it. So, you know. I don't know if they need to explain that, but I'll, I'll take it. It's nice. It's 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 one of those things where you don't need it, but at least it's, it's interesting when they do. Yeah, they've thought about it and they've said, okay, like, so we, we want a reason why Superman's not just showing up, and that's that's why. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, I, I like the art quite a bit. Uh, it's it's not maybe... I, I mean, I really like the original artist on Supergirl, but uh, I like the art in here as well. The action's quite good. There's a lot of... like The opening big two-page spread is... Uh, Grundy's basically lifted up the road, and he's using it as a shield while it's still connected at the other end. So he's just sort of like lifted up a bit of road, and it's just... It's a cool image. That's pretty cool, yeah. It, it looks good. Uh, cool. So that's good. Uh, Lara and the Werewolf uh, is pretty cool. Uh, but she always was, but like... Yeah, uh, yeah. The action plays quite well. Um, so so but yeah so the, the the story basically boils down to uh, Supergirl's been keeping her evil father uh, sort of on life support with the intention of bringing him back and it's revealed and the city's not very happy about it 
so she, she's going to have to sit out and convince them that that's... Because they didn't even know it was her father. Like she, They didn't even know that piece of information. So she's going to have to convince them uh, and win them back over from that. Uh, interesting little tidbits, though. Uh, so, so Ben doesn't turn against her. Ben goes to Cat Grant and is like, no, we need to deal with this cat. We need to like get control back of the system and uh, try and fix this. And Kat's actually pissed at Supergirl, so she lied. She like, you know, we supported her. We, you know, gave her a public image, and she's, she's uh, been withholding these secrets from us. You know, it almost feels like a politician's like had a, you know, a skeleton out the closet yeah. kind of thing. It has that kind of feel to it. Uh, and Ben's like, no, we can let her try and like solve this after we like get control of the things. So they actually they go back to uh, Catco because they're at that cat's place, and they go back to Catco, uh, and he's like, okay, so I assume you have like an override for the building because it's locked everyone out. And she's like, yeah, in a manner of speaking, and Cat pulls out a hammer from a purse and just goes to town on the door. That's how that's how we end her part of the story. But I appreciate it. I, I enjoy the image of Cat Grant just pulling out a hammer and being like, yep. I actually thought, I, I actually had to go back and reread the last panel because I, 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 for some reason, I thought she was like, because it set up earlier on that uh, Emerald Empress, not Empress, sorry, Selena the Sorceress, can like shapeshift or at least give the illusion that she's someone else. And I thought it was her for a second because it actually looked like she was going to hit Ben over the head with a hammer. And then yeah. I went back. Then I went back and reread it and go, "Oh, she's just going to hit the door." Okay, it makes more sense now. But I actually thought it was just like the the, the heel turn from behind, like, "Oh, it's fine." And I like how she'd she'd go for the hammer. It's very Cat Grant. She's not a subtle person. No, no it's true. She goes for the she's big not. blunt object. That, that's that's who Cat Grant is. Uh, but no, so oh, first stuff. Uh, little, little character beat. Uh, well, Supergirl's like. Uh, being hit with these lasers, which, as she points out, like this is the first time she's had surgery since she was a kid because you know, Kryptonian on Earth. Uh, yeah. But it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. This laser that she's hitting her with is like super painful, and she's and uh, Doctor Veritas is like, oh, you have to like try and fight through this. You have to think of something like hold on to an image that that will help you get through it. And she actually thinks of Ben. So obviously we're, we're planting the seeds of a romance here between uh, Ben and Supergirl, which makes sense because they've been kind of allies and they've, they've had a kind yeah, of... Yeah, I'm, I'm not really surprised by this. I mean, there's no one else in the book that could be a love interest, so it makes sense. It um, So, no. Uh, oh, overall, I think it was a really fun issue. It felt like a big... You know, it felt like, you know, when you have, like, a, a TV show and you'll just, for whatever reason, one week, they'll just have a double episode in the middle. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. It feels like, oh, it's a big episode. Because I can almost look at this and say, oh, he just split it in the middle and this would have been two issues. Uh, but instead, we got this nice big double uh, this month, so it's fun. Just adds essentially an extra two parts onto the story overall, doesn't it? Yeah, or, or at least we get through the next two parts quicker because we we have the annual. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Assuming it was a six-issue arc, then it's kind of become eight essentially. Well, it depends when it's in. No, because it, it could be a six-issue arc that becomes a five-issue thing because there's a double issue in the middle. Oh yeah, they might take away from it. I'm just, you know, it might have. It, no, we might I would, have thought I would, it was six. No, but I wouldn't see that as taken away from it though, because it's you've got the same amount of story. It's just that oh, you've got an issue with double the yeah, pages, yeah. so now it just fits in the five. Yeah. So I wouldn't see it as taken away. So, uh, but no, I, I thought it was fun. I, I liked the first issue. That it's a shame Matt's not here to talk about this one because he liked the last issue of Supergirl a lot as well. Uh, and I feel like he probably liked this. Uh, I guess we'll we'll ask him next week actually. Uh, Unlike usual, he didn't uh, rush to read his books so that he could send us his top books because there was no real point this week. Because we're not going to have a top five at the end because there's no five books to. No, I was going to say there's not even five between us, let alone five that we both read. Oh, there is five between us. Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh, star. oh yeah, I'm forgetting one. Yeah, you're forgetting Red Hood. I am. Yeah. 
so yeah, there, there is five between us. So that's forgive me for forgetting that one. Hmm. But no, so so that's the thing. Uh, but no, I, I thought it was fun. I thought the action was big. I thought Supergirl's dilemma. It's kind of like our own compassion is kind of like biting her in the ass because everyone else doesn't see it like that way. They just see him as a villain. Like, oh, he should be, you know, executed or excommunicated or whatever. Like, pick your yeah. pick your long word beginning with X, as an E X, not the letter X. Make that clear. I know they're not. I don't know how they're spelled. They don't, they don't begin with the letter X. I don't know. Sometimes in your brain, I think maybe maybe you did think that. Look, shut up. I right, just to wrap up on Supergirl. Just a, not a couple of uh, like not, not moments. Just a way to talk about the art a little bit. There's uh, when she's sneaking in to uh, like she's in the sewers to get into the DEO from underneath. I really like all the stuff with her in the sewer. It's kind of that thing where it's mostly like her suit looks almost black, but you still see the red as she's like walking about in the shadows and stuff. Uh, and I actually really like the expression on her face when she like the door opens and it's like the it's like her you know adoptive parents like mm. there's that this big grin in her face this this elation uh, that she's you know her parents are there to help she's like she's not alone in this fight and that's uh, a, it's just a really nice moment and I think the art uh, gets across the uh, gets gets across the, those expressions really well uh, mm. there's quite a few moments like that there's you know the light cat with the hammer and like just this like yeah I'll just storm through this like a wrecking ball kind of. Yeah. emotion on her face like it's just you know just i'm interested you, you said with cat how you thought at first you thought it was you know it was gonna be like a, a shape shift and it was, mm. she was gonna attack ben do you think that was a, a fault of the art for not making it clearer uh or no. just your expectations i think it's a fault of me just glossing over one of the word balloons more than anything else right okay because because I, I think i uh i i, I just kind of glossed over the balloon that mentioned that Oh, I assume you have like a a key to get in here. Like I think I glossed over that panel. Or I'll that just saw pull out the hammer. Yeah. So I thought yeah, she was yeah. just going to hit him in the head because of that. But I think that was my bad. I don't think that was on the uh, the the either the art or the writing. Right. That's just me being uh, me me being a bit of a rush for whatever reason because yeah, it happens sometimes. But but obviously things like that can be down to the art. Oh, it can not be. Making it clear enough. Yeah. It, it absolutely can be. Uh, in this case, I don't think it was though. Uh, so no, no. It was super fun stuff. Um, I mean, I'll say it right now. It's yeah, my favorite book of the week. That, not that it's saying a whole lot, given, given the the short amount. Uh, that that said, we're moving on to Dark Side Special uh, number one. Uh, the main story is by uh, Mark Evanier and Scott Collins, and I like this a lot actually. This this main story. In yeah, this me too. And so I like that this is got because. Kirby's actual hundredth birthday would have been this week, just gone. Hmm. So it kind of feels like they saved the dark side one for that week because it's it does. It's his probably biggest... the yeah the biggest character that, that from DC at least. That yeah, from got DC. There. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think that's 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 fair. And the story here is basically it's a, it's a group of characters who have escaped from the orphanage uh, from Old Granny, and Dark Side's pissed and he wants them back. And we it does a lot of like stage setting at the start where it's like all this like uh, third person narration. Talking mm. about just you know what the life in apocalypse is like and you know how these characters dream about escaping every night even though it's because we find out it's been three years they've actually been on the run for three years and uh, like they're terrified of being caught and like Darkseid's actually killing his generals over not finding them and he's he eventually sends out the uh, the old uh, fu- furies the, fatal, yeah, the, the female furies after them uh, so and the whole thing does feel uh, pardon the pun uh, apocalyptic. Uh, like, you know, just everything about the way because it talks about how like, you can't even tell night and day apart most of the time. Yeah, things like how 
they never stay in the same place for more than two nights because they yeah. don't want to make it too easy. So they'll just keep on the move. And and they feel because uh, the the main character Michaela, like the the main one who escaped, she uh, talks about how she starts her journal every single day with "This is the last day of my life" because she just assumes it will be. And then she she says how she finds she feels relieved when she goes to sleep at night because she's realised that oh that's actually wrong. It wasn't the last day of my life. I got at yeah. least one more in me. Uh, I actually like this a lot. Like I I I never know how I'm going to feel with the uh, stories that you know are billed as villain centric. And arguably, I don't think this is. I think it is from these characters' perspectives of the. I th- right, I think I was yeah. going to say it treats Darkseid right, where he's still just this mysterious threat. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's not there. He's not the protagonist, and I don't really feel like he ever should be the protagonist. I think that's. I think that's something with villains that I just have this opinion on is that the villain should never really be the the protagonist of the story. Certainly right, not, because then you're kind of rooting for them by nature of them being no, your. Of course, there's anti-heroes, and that's a different ballgame. That, of course, yeah. like, you can have them. But uh, I, I think when some, some when you've got someone like Darkseid or even someone like the Joker, you know, when we're talking about Joker movies happening, I don't think you, they should ever be the protagonist. They, they should still be... I mean, you can call the movie the Joker, and you can have the Joker be the main threat in it, but they should still be from the perspective of someone else. Yeah, it can be about the Joker. Like This yeah. is definitely about Darkseid. It's the effect that Darkseid has on his world and yeah. how people view him and, and, and why they feel the way they do. But it does all of that without actually being about from Darkseid's perspective. Yeah, because it all, all builds up. They eventually capture the uh, the characters and uh, a lot of what Michaela talks about through the issue is how uh, he only has power because people fear him. In fact, he's actually scared that he'll lose that power if everyone ever realises that. And she actually... You know she's she's been captured. She's like down on her knees, and Darkseid's like going to kill her with his his, his old uh, his old beams, and she's like, "Hey, since I'm about to die, can, can I like give you my opinion <laughs> on you?" Is basically what she says, and he's like, "I have seconds, speak," and she's like, "Yeah, like you you actually like you're scared. You're scared that if anyone ever realizes that you that your power is rooted in them being scared of you, that you'll then lose that power." And he basically is like, well, since you're about to die anyway, you're right. Like, it's my fear, it's my nightmare every single night that they'd actually realise that if they don't fear me, I have no power. And the only cure for this is for more power. And that's why he has, he has this constant thirst to expand and have more power and all this. Yeah, that was all just like, he was based on Hitler. So he's this dictator and then, you know, like, it's, it's the idea that all dictators need power. And whatever they have isn't enough. Even though they have their world, their country, whatever it is, it's like... It's still, even if there's one thing that rebels against them, it's like, okay, they haven't got that complete control. They always need more until it's complete, but it never can be. Yeah, yeah, because it even starts with the, the statue of him being defaced. Uh, right, and by, that, that's enough just, just yeah. to let him know that it's like, he's not all-powerful. He hasn't got all that control that he wants and needs. Yeah, uh, and of course, she actually records this on her mother box, and she throws it out because she's told the one last buddy that's not been captured yet to be in the outside of the the building or the south side, whatever the side is. And she throws the mother box out with the intention that he can grab it and then play it back to the masses. The dark side gets so terrified, like it's a rare moment of fear for dark side mm. where he gets so terrified that he just he turns and he just shoots his beams down like as you know as quickly as he can. And he he does get it. He does get it now, and and the the chaos. Michaela does manage to get out, and the like her and the other guy do run away. But it's like the fact that she got him to admit it. Like even if she didn't get the recording, even if like the fact that she put him in that place only for a minute, 
like yeah. how infuriating is that to him it's just absolutely it's just it's beautiful stuff it really is. It's fantastic. And it, 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 you know, it ends with her saying, oh, there's, there's a statue over here that I've not redecorated yet. And that's kind of like the... It's like this final moment, little moment of defiance. So, no, the, 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 the defiance... Like, 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 we've got him to admit it. We yeah. just need to keep fighting because they know it'll, it's getting to him. Yeah, the resistance, you know, continues. Like, it's not dead. Like, yeah. And that's kind of the, the overall point of the issue. So, um, but no... It's, uh, arguably, no that's kind of when, when the resistance is born. Because obviously before, they're just surviving. But here, it's yeah. like, no... They've, he's admitted it. This this works. We can do this sort of thing. Yeah, like as as long as it may be, the, there's a chance of victory. Like it doesn't seem mm. like it's just a, like like before they couldn't allow themselves to hope anything. Whereas like no, he just he admitted yeah. this. Uh, so no, and also I like the little little tidbits of uh, he's like yeah the last the first escapee from that orphanage just caused me nothing but grief and it's you know quite a little shot of Mister Miracle. Yeah. Uh, so no, I like that, uh, but no, I, I liked how the book looked as well. I liked the art. I liked how again how uh, I liked the tones, all the sort of reds and origins for apocalypse, and you know it felt like they were in the fires of hell like, the entire time. Yeah, I, I like that when you can see the sky, there's all these orange glows, but whenever they're hiding, it's all like you know dark blues, purples, greys, and yeah. so you know the idea that they're, they're hiding away from the reality of the world. Also, it feels very industrial as well. It's like an industrial mm. mixed with hell. It's got a very kind of. Uh, I don't know, like slave alien planet kind of feel, which is, which is what it is, to be fair. But yeah. you know, like it has that feel to it. Yeah, uh, definitely. So you know, I can almost envision the moment in a movie where it cuts to this planet, and you know right away the, what type of like location it is, and the sort of things that are going on there. Everyone's sweaty all the time. Everyone's working. Don't want to be working. So it's just strong visual design, isn't it? You, yeah. you don't need any more to know what what it is. Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, so no, I I really like this uh, this story and because again like I had no idea what to expect because I I don't even think like uh, Mark uh, Evanier like I don't think I know him from anything I I know that he's a Kirby historian oh interesting okay which is what he's generally known for interesting right okay yeah so uh, so I had no idea what to expect in terms of rating quality but sure enough uh, delivered didn't it it, it did so. Uh, I, I recommend the main story wholeheartedly. Um, there's two backups. Well, there's a backup, and then there's like a reprint of an old Kirby yeah. story. Uh, I never read the reprint, uh, mainly just due to character. I was reading this just before we recorded, so like it was kind of. I, easy, I, easy. I haven't been reading any of the reprints. I've, I know there's a. They've got a Kirby, the Fourth World. Like uh, they've got like a, an omnibus coming, which I think has uh, all of his stuff from uh, from DC. You know, like his uh, Fourth World stuff and all that. His yeah. Fourth World stuff, and you know the the Jimmy Olsen stuffs in there. And it's, I think that's coming out at the end of the year. So I was just, I've not been reading any of these reprints because I'm just holding off on reading it all in one big go. Ah, uh, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, the, the backup, though, is a little OMAC story uh, where basically the, the one man OMAC sort of soldier kind of storms the, the castle, as it were, to his superior because he's, he's been turned into a war criminal. Uh, and you got another mention of Brother Eye, which you've been pointing out the last few weeks. Well, I mean, to be fair, Brother Eye and IMAC. And Omax, sorry, uh, go hand in hand. Oh sure, sure, but I just I, when he actually mentioned Brother Eye, though, I was like, hmm, here we go, Connor's going to go on again about how Omax keeps getting brought up. Uh, see, when it was in the other books, it was interesting. When it's in an Omax story, it's like, well, yeah, it kind of has to be. Sure, um, that was okay. Like, I didn't honestly I have no feelings about this little backup one way or the other. There was nothing to really. But yeah, it was. It wasn't very really long, but I, I really like the art. Yeah, sure. 
It was, it was really nice and clean, and the, the colors really popped and stood out. It, it kind of had like an actual Kirby-esque feel to it in the art that some of the others mm. haven't. Yeah, it, it felt it felt grand for what it was. It was just it was so short that I didn't really get get time to really attach to anything or care about anything that was going on mm-hmm. uh, a great deal. Uh, it certainly wasn't bad though. It, it just it no, it was it was enjoyable enough, but there wasn't much to it. Yeah, uh, so so no. but no, uh, the main story though. Uh, Resistance. That was, that was great. But I think that's what that's what the title of the, the story was. Was the resistance was the was the title. No, was it? The title page. Yeah. Uh, so no, uh, that's Dark Side Special number one, which takes us to Connor's Corner, the bonus Connor's Corner. <sighs> so you, you had Again. extra pages of Red Hood to read. Was yes, it, I did. Was it a backup or was it all just one big story? Was yeah, it, actually... it was all one big story. Uh-huh. You sound delighted by that. Uh, so what was the story about, Connor? Actually, I should tell you, Scott Lobdell uh, wrote it and Tyler Kirkham was on the art, for the record. I mean, I'll start by it again. I like Kirkham's art. Uh, that, that seems to be a running theme, that, that Lobdell keeps getting good artists to do his books. He does. There's no, there's no denying it. They're, they're easy to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which... Small mercies, right? Because if, if it wasn't, then this would be a, a, a double punch in the face. <laughs> as, I, as I, I, I mean, I, I guess in this case you can. Two. I guess in this case you can actually polish a turd. You you can make it so that you. The the turd looks all right, but it still has a smell. It's still a turd. <laughs> it looks appetizing, but you can smell it's nasty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can smell the reality. You almost make it sound like the the good art's almost a bad thing. Like it's it's trying to trick you, trying to trick you into that something good, but it's really not. It's really not. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Actually, it actually leads to a real problem where I have to reread certain pages quite a few times because I'll just kind of look at the art and go, "Oh, that looks really nice." And then, yeah, you know how you mentioned in in Seville, you accidentally skipped over that that word bubble. Uh, just that one bubble, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like I do that with about half of them. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then I have to go back and go, shit, what, what, what are they talking about? I was just uh, looking, <laughs> I was looking at the pretty pictures. <laughs> so, so what was it about? I, I see Nightwing was on the cover. Nightwing's in this. Nightwing is in this. Basically, they're infiltrating a circus for whatever reason, <laughs> and and Jason's like, hey, Nightwing, you you know what to do at a circus. Let's get you in. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, okay. So, so uh, that, do, you, do you want to else it had that I like? Oh, go on. KG Beast. <laughs> okay. The, the, Although the, he's going by just the Beast now, which I think I knew, but I don't. I'd forgotten. Um, I, I, I feel I like I'd it. seen it somewhere. Yeah. Well, it was an All Star, wasn't it? But I think it was still called KG Beast at the time, was it not? Well, I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I think my, it meant, I'm sure it mentions a, a detective comics thing. Uh, my head just kind of fills in the KGB, maybe like part of the the title. Mine, t- mine does as well. Like, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna call him Beast, am I? It's just no, it's KG Beast. Yeah, because Beast is an X Men character. Right, exactly. So, uh, uh, all right, go on then. Tell us all about it. In- infiltrating a circus with Nightwing. Yep, pretty much. So it, it kind of starts with just. The dicks going and watching their performance. They're doing various things. Bizarro is being like a you know a strong man. 
Jason's on a, a bike going through a ring of fire. Oh, so they're yeah. actually impersonating. They're, they're performance, yeah. Oh, okay, circus people, okay. And right. that, that's how they get Dick involved. They're like, oh, he's, he's really good at acrobatics. Like, you know, he's, 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 he's got a thing. Like, <laughs> he's really good at the acrobatics. They, they, they give him a costume, and then they call him, like, uh, Flippy Flop the Clown or something like that. Flippy Flop the Acrobatic Clown, I'm sorry. And it's this awful, horrendous patchwork thing. See, I would have taken that opportunity to make a little wink-wink callback to his original outfit. That awful collar thing from the... Uh, I mean, there is a awful collar, but it's not It's not anything like that. Okay. But it's, it, it's, it's bad, basically, is, is the point. Yeah, okay, okay. Continue, continue. But yeah, you basically have the three of the, the, the main three sharing a trailer, and Bizarro's got like a... He's wearing these like denim overalls, Kind of like he was on, you know, if, if you know how you think of like Sumar Farm. Ah, okay, yeah. Like, like he's, he's wearing those, and he's cooking some beans, and he's really proud of his beans. And and the others are just like, cool. No, no one else cares, but he's really, really proud of himself for cooking. That... I don't know. But again, Bizarro yeah. is the high point, and thankfully, there's not much out in this. She she kind of starts hitting it off with Nightwing at one point. And I'm like, look, I know everyone's into Dick, but please don't do this. Yeah, who doesn't love Dick? I mean, exactly. But thankfully, they they don't. So saved. Just 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 breathe. Just let that sing in that you know there was actual relief when I was reading this. <laughs> Go on, you're not told me enough story to fill an annual yet. Where's this going? Do you know what the problem is? I'm not entirely sure. It's it's kind of just this side story where they're like, "Hey, there's 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 KG Beast, and and we're we're at this circus, and they're like, oh, Dick, you can come and help us because you know what to do in a circus. You'll know yeah, how to find the truth.' The, the story must end somewhere at the end of the issue. Like, what, what what happens? What's the purpose? What, what does it build up to? Are they infiltrating the circus because KG Beast is like hiding in one, and they have to find them, or? This is the point. It, it's never really clear as to why they're there. Like they, they seem to know something's going on, but they don't really seem to tell us. Is like, this a part one? Is it a part two? And like the, the next issue of the book? No, no, not that I know of. It, it basically ends with them taking out KG Beast. That's it. They're just there to take him out. So why are they in the circus? I, because KG Beast's at the circus. So the, the the book opens with a little intro of him in the circus. Alright, so I was right, so they're, they're infiltrating the circus. Well, yeah, yeah, but he's just... So what's so confusing about it? No, hang on, it, it, he's not in the circus. This is, this is why I was confused, because he's not in the circus. K- There's an intro of KG Beast on a boat, and then it cuts to them in the circus. And it's like, what's going on? Aye, but when, they, when, when they get him at the end, where is he? At the, at the end, they're at the circus, but he's still as he's, he's in his full outfit. He's got all his, his guns and his... His big sword so and they must have known that he's, he was going to be at the circus. They must have done. It doesn't ever tell me why. Sure, but I'm not sure why he's so confused. Like for whatever reason, they've got. A... I, I just feel like there's there's supposed to be some detective work going on here. Right. But there's not. It just it just kind of happens. It feels very convenient. I feel like you've been missing more bubbles. I feel like you, you, you have best key information here. There's, there's... No, I definitely haven't, because I, re- I, I, I had to read half it twice to make sure. <laughs> so, so they're at the circus. They're infiltrating the circus because they know KGB Beast is going to be at the circus. Yeah. So why is KGB Beast at the circus? Is it just there to enjoy the circus and watch? 
Is he, is he there to kill someone? And that's why they're intervening? He is there... This is where it gets confusing. They're like, we know, they, they don't know necessarily that it's KG Beast. They're like, oh, there's something shady going on. So, so there's someone going to be assassinated at the circus? Well, well they never say assassinated. They just, they're just like, oh, we know stuff's going on. And, you know, there's, there's things that are strange. And it's just... The, the problem is Jason never wants to tell Dick the whole thing. Because it's like, you know, they're supposed to be brothers, but they don't really, you know, they don't get along. So we never get the full thing of, like, what it really is. It's it's like every time he goes to, they get interrupted. And I just, this is why I'm really confused as to what the point of the issue is. Because it actually cuts from going, Jason saying he, he needs his help, like, reluctantly admitting that he needs his help. And they're both like, yeah, maybe maybe I could help, maybe I won't, sort of thing. And Artemis is like, look, come on, you're both going to do it. You might as well just get on with this and help. And and then they get interrupted, and then it, it literally cuts to them going, oh, sitting all around a campfire. And Jason's going, hey, hey, yeah, shouldn't we be finding the bad guys? And Dick's like, yeah, this is a, a circus. It's all about community. you gotta you got to talk to them, let them know, that it, and, and get into them that way. But it never actually tells me what the the threat was in in the scene where it's supposed to it it really is a a bad issue in that sense because it fails i'll have to take your word for it because i'm not willing to i'm not willing to read it to find out you have uh, so then you have them all just kind of bonding with various circles people like you have bizarro get um he's he's into the the woman playing some instrument a fiddle and She's and and she's got a little scarf up over a over a, a mouth like a like a you know the sort of thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, and um, he's like proper into her, and Jason's like, "Hey, go talk to her." And he's like, "No." He's like, "It's an order." He's like, "Fine." And he goes over, and he's being all nice, and she takes the thing off. And it's like she's a she's a bearded lady, which is why she's in the circus. And she's like, "Oh, even even here, they're all still a bit like dicks to me." And he's like, nah, it's fine. And they start making out. So Bizarro's making out with the bearded lady, okay. Yeah. That's that's actually how the issue ends. Like, it ends on them talking about him making out with the bearded lady. And going, hey, did you get a number? And he goes, yes. It was eight. That's the end of the issue. It's, like, not, it it's, not, it's not a bad joke. Did you get a number? Yeah, it was eight. Like, that's, that's a funny Bizarro joke. It, it's pretty good, but it's, it's just strange that the entire last page is about Bizarro making out with the bearded lady. <laughs> Dick, Dick's gone. He's like, yeah, yeah, we got, we got, we got the KG beast. We, we, we put aside our differences. I suppose we can do it when, when we have to because there are actual bad guys and you're not really uh-huh. one of them. And you, you, you're doing pretty well with Bizarro. You, 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 you're kind of being a decent big brother to him. And then, and then we just get to, to Bizarro making out with the bearded lady jokes. It's so strange. Okay. Well, I, I guess that wraps up. There. It's 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 kind of a mess of a mess of an issue because it just kind of things just happen. With no, with no context for why they're happening. Sure. Right. I get you. Fight scenes look nice though. Yeah, you get Kirkham doing the art, so. Yeah. Makes sense. The fighting looks good. Um, all right. Well, I guess that'll wrap up the actual new books for the week. Uh, at under an hour, 
uh, by my count, which is, you know, weird because we're used to having so many more books. Um, so that takes us on to the, the trade, the, the long form uh, book that we're going to talk about, which was voted for by our patrons, and that is Green Arrow Year One, uh, written by Andy Diggle and art by Jock. This came out in 2007. And it is the story of Oliver Queen ending up on the island and kind of turning from a rich, idiot, drunk playboy into someone who's a bit more fearless and actually has a purpose in life. And, you know, also green and arrows and bows and that kind of thing. Essential elements of the, the green arrow. Of, of greed, arrow. Yes. yes. Yes, I think they might be. Yes. Um, bye. So I'd never read this before, so this was the first time... Uh, for me, you'd read this before, though, right? Yeah, I had. Uh, I, I'd already known that I, I like this quite a lot, so I was quite happy with this choice. Yes, this was a first time for me. Uh, there's no reason why I hadn't read it. It just never got just around. Just hadn't to got it. around to it. Yeah, there's, we've all got plenty of those. Yeah. So, so obviously, first things first. The art is gorgeous. Like I, like Jock, is a is a man who knows what he's doing. I was almost disappointed. The rest of the book was on a tropical island because the first issue has got a quite a lengthy bit in the snow. And I'm like, man, I kind of want more snow scenes yeah. for the rest I, of this. I will say, my biggest problem with Jock's stuff happens to be, I think it is in like the first issue, you know, where, where like there's a lot of people, and I think Jock's faces and expressions can be a bit lacking at times because he does so well with you know shadows and, and angular movement. Mm. So I think when it's when it's at the start, where it's people in a room talking, I think he suffers a little yeah, bit for that. Yeah, there's like a sort of fundraiser scene where it's like a party and there's all these people. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Uh, the first issue is basically set up that Oliver is like this thrill-seeking billionaire, but uh, he has like the the easy out. Like you know, when things just start to get a little bit too tough, or oh, call in the helicopter and just go away. Like that's the whole thing. He's, he's on this like expedition with uh, what's what's the guy's name? I'm forgetting now. Hackett. Hackett. There you go. Uh, and he's Hackett's like his sort of bodyguard, helper, sort of survival expert who he brings along on these on these things, and. Yeah, it's basically like, okay, yeah, you want the thrill, but you don't actually, you you know, you've got a safety net. You've got a giant safety mm. net, which you're not willing to take away. Um, and Hackett's going to make this deal to, like, put money into, like, China White's empire. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's presented as a sort of legal deal, but it, there's this kind of off books. It's kind of, you know, it's offshore accounts. like So he wants to... It's learn, sketchy, yeah. Yeah, it's sketchy. Grey area. And he wants to... I mean, it's more than a grey area. I mean, it's that much money. It's, it's very much millions and millions of but, dollars. But uh, he, he doesn't really but, hide it. Oliver's like, yeah, this this isn't really... Yeah, like, he knows it's not right, but he's like, yeah, whatever. If anything, he's like, oh, there's the adventure. Yeah, I'll go with you on the boat and we can go do this and we'll go... Right, and, and he's point. like, no, you shouldn't come on the boat. This this If you get implicated in all of this, you don't really want to be there. But, of course, the twist at the end of the first issue is that Hackett was actually going to steal this $14 million dollars and Oliver forcing his way onto the boat is actually a problem because now he has to take care of Oliver. So he goes to kill Oliver and he can't quite just shoot him in the face. He feels a little bit too... Even though he's outright ordered to put bullets in his head, he's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. China White says that over the phone, like, put bullets in his head twice. Like, that's, how, that's how definite she wants the, the conclusion to be and make yeah. sure he's gone. But he just dumps him overboard instead. And of course, uh, that's actually the end of the issue, but we start issue two with him waking up on the on the beach. He's at this island... And from there we we start the the sort of the main part of the story, 
Um, but that's that's kind of the issue. And of course, while he's on the island, he ends up having an ally, one of the sort of the slaves who's been working on the. It turns out to be like opium, like you know, uh, these big opium fields that China White's doing in this like old inactive volcano. The island's been like written off the map because of like bomb tests that used to be done here. So it's completely off the books. It's off the record. And so he gets that ally who helps him kind of like recuperate a little bit when he's like delirious. Although for the first little while he's kind of cast away in it, where he's on his own, he's just having to make things, and he makes like a sort of makeshift bow. And... Yeah, I don't think he really gets with them to like issue four, maybe. So it's like there's a good two issues of him kind of on his own surviving. Yeah, yeah, and I think the end of issue three is where like there's a cliffhanger of like, oh, there's people here, or there's something going on like that. But it lot, might be. Yeah. Issue two is certainly entirely he's on his own and he's 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 made his own stuff. He's he's got this little green like bit of fabric he's put over his head to like shield him from the sun but of course it's the green hood which gives us the the thing and it sets up in issue one that he's a he's a fan of robin hood and yes. hackett even points out the irony he's like yeah but you're meant to give some back to the poor like he's not just like that's, that's the whole thing of robin hood uh, yeah. so so again a lot of the stories him kind of learning to not be uh an entitled dick. dick yeah yeah so uh, but no, so all, all that stuff's uh, pretty fun. Again, all gorgeous. A lot of it's like him on his own. There's narration, of course, but a lot of it's him like quite silently like running through the trees and the, the the beach and making his stuff and like killing something so he can eat it and yeah, these various other things. And he, he throws up as well, if I remember right. Like he takes one bite of a fish that he's caught and he ends up throwing it all up because yeah. he's not prepared for the raw fish. Uh, doesn't have a chef preparing it for him. I think it's it's somewhat amusing that this is the choice that's been picked for you know for just for the sake of discussion because if if you if you are supporter of us on Patreon you'll have seen our, our last month's bonus episode was Superman Earth One and mm. there was a lot of discussion about how that was compared to Man of Steel based on you know they're, they're both very similar themes and ideas yeah and of course this one it's unavoidable to talk about now without referencing how it influenced Arrow. Yeah, I, I absolutely is, and that was something that was in my head. It was kind of this weird, this weird thing where I'm like, this book is doing absolutely nothing wrong with what it's doing. Because whereas Superman Earth One makes a lot of the same mistakes that Man of Steel would go on to make, mm. this one is playing with a lot of similar ideas, but isn't making the mistakes. It's actually pretty solid. It, it keeps it condensed down to this one story on the island. It's him being there for. I don't know, weeks, months, whatever it is. It's not maybe a year because you know there's a while of survival just on his own. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely not stretched out, and it doesn't. Because one of the things that Arrow did is they kept having these flashbacks to him in the island, and by the time you got to like season five, like there'd been so much plot like happening on this island that so many different people have came and gone, and like Russians, uh, Chinese, or and. Like love interests who would lived and died, and a, a, an ally who became a villain, and like there was so much that went on, like all this time, yeah. and it was hard not to think about that and groan a little bit. I'm like, oh great, we're on the island and we're doing islandy things, but no, it's straightforward. It's to the point. It's like you know, Hackett finds out he's like, because we find out that he's working with China White. China White's the one here, which is the one big coincidence that I think I'll maybe pull the book up on is that when you realise, oh, it's China White and Hackett that are using this island, it's like, okay. I mean, it makes sense to a point because obviously he was maybe on that direction on the boat. That's yeah, where he yeah, was so that's, it. that's where he was going. Yeah. So he ended up there as well because he, presumably he did it towards the end of the journey. Yeah, but it was just there was like a sort of moment where it was like, oh, China White's in. Like, okay, right. I'll, I'll give you the but one yeah. big coincidence. I mean, I mean, to but... be fair, you said, oh, China White was on the phone to hack it, telling him to kill him, but I think it was radio. So you know, that's shorter distance. 
Oh, sure. So sure. they have to be close to the island already for that to happen. No, it actually it makes sense when you actually think about it logically and why. But there was just like a moment when I read, oh, China waits here, okay, right, fair enough. And like, you're like, oh, really? Yeah, thing, it's, yeah. it felt like a big coincidence at the time. It's not actually that coincidental when you actually take into account everything that's set it up. And like, like you say, it's probably short range because he was probably on the way to that island. Um, it just, it, it just, I don't know. It, it gave me a moment where I was like, okay, right, fine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, he has this ally who's a pregnant woman who's like been sneaking away from the camp, and we find out how badly China White treats them. How like her husband or her boyfriend, the father of her child, tried to escape, and he got caught, and he's basically been fed to rats. He's been like months just down in this this pit. Yeah, it was horrifying because she goes on about how yeah you know, the rats used to be small enough they can fit through the bars and leave, but then as they ate, they became so fat they couldn't sit, they couldn't get but- through, so they just bread in the cage and then there was more and more of them to eat in the way it's told is quite cool though because actually it, it you, you see her threatening hackett with this death and like, this, this guy's down here who tried to escape but you don't actually know it's the uh it's the you know the husband yeah not till point. later it's, it's later on where she tells the story from her point of view that oh he tried to escape and then they caught him and we don't know what he did or how they she just heard him screaming yeah and, um, we, and, and you're going oh that, we, that, yeah he suffered a rough fate we'd already seen the other side of it so it was actually it was a really effective way of telling that story that's cool and obviously a big big part of it is that oliver at one point actually finds his boat that's washed up on shore and he could leave he could get on the boat and just go but he actually makes the choice to turn around and go and try and like you know save the people who are you know, held captive and yeah. you know fight uh, China White and everyone else. So he has that heroic moment, which is one of the big things that we said that Superman Earth One was missing. There was that choice, that choice to be a hero. That, right, because I say this, this is again to compare it to Superman. It's, it's an origin story. Oh, yes. Well, it's called Year so, One. So right, exactly. So it's if you've got to have that defining moment in any origin story for us, at least in a for a superhero to make that choice, and otherwise they're kind of not becoming a hero. For us, I think. Yeah, otherwise they're just kind of going along with emotions. Whereas here it feels like... It feels almost that to a point where he's kind of just thrown into it with this woman and he kind of tries to protect her because she helps him because he gets like he gets sick and, the, the, you know... The, he gets his arm snapped. Yeah, but and that's a big thing. She nurses him back to health and he even gets reliant on the opium because she uses that to like help with the pain. Uh, so he has some delirious moments. Uh, leads to a on. great, really trippy page. Hmm. Go on. Uh, just you know, just the page where you you get the like the views of when he's on the opium and it's kind of everything's all warped and and it's it's kind of like an acid trip sort of look. Yeah, and of course he he gets his bow snapped as well, the one that he made. But he eventually when he gets back to the ship, like he happened to just buy that bow in the auction uh, at the start yeah. of the book in, in the first issue, and he's like, okay, it was time for me to use this, and that's when he he sort of suits up a little bit more and he. The big final issue is like he he takes the boat round to their big base that's got a big like entrance and he like sneaks in and he tries to be stealthy but then very quickly he's like okay stealthy's not me and he, he ends up just shooting the big like tank that blows up yeah and all the fuel tanks chaos reigns and it, it's returned as well because then the pregnant woman on the boat when she's got a chance to like ride this big boat away she's like no no we're not leaving him we're we're staying for the green arrow which by the way that's how he gets his name because basically the legend of the one who's fighting back like spreads amongst these people. And in their language, they call him something, but it translates as the Green Arrow. Yeah. So nice. that was, that so was it's a good reason for a name, actually. It was a nice moment when uh, she told him what it meant, because she says, "Oh, we call you this," and she, you know, says something in this language, and it, and he sort of guesses, "Oh, is it like drunk asshole, like fights dragon and fails?" Or something? <laughs> like, he mm-hmm. has this guess, and she's like, "No, it means the Green Arrow," and it's like, oh, "Okay." Right. 
because mm-hmm. I think I think that's one of the, 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 the challenges for me that a lot of origin sto- stories face is there's the moment where the hero gets their name and do I roll my eyes? Like, does it justify yeah, yeah, the title? It's, it's, do they choose it themselves and can, that can feel cheesy? Does it come from, you know, just the press, but that can feel really cliche and overdone? It, it's the thing, I expect the press with Superman because it's always been that way, so that's his, right? Yeah. So I don't roll my eyes at that because that's how it should be. With Batman, he chooses it himself because he wants to build this myth on his own. That's part of the, his build-up, his reason for doing what he does. So, but then it's once you start doing those things again with other characters, it feels like okay, that's Superman's way of doing it. So it's you're just, just doing a, the same thing. It's just a knockoff version. Yeah. Whereas this, no, this feels relatively unique. The idea that he's saving this particular group of people who have like built up a myth of who he is. Yeah, it was idea these arrows are green because he made them out of all this, you know, scrap and stuff that he found in this burnt down village. Yeah, I think he was using like leaves to like bound them, so that that was yeah. like giving them the, the green appearance and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so there was a there was a cool reason for it. Yeah, and obviously he he takes that on because of of course he does. Yeah, he's... and it's like for a lot of the issue he's he's going around in in the green hood, but obviously in this case it's just a it's just it's, it, just, it just happens yeah. to be a piece of green fabric that he found and he uses that to protect his head from the sun because it's you know very hot on this desert island. Yeah, exactly. So, so no. Um... So we spoke a lot about the art, obviously, um, going through it. There's a lot of different things throughout. There's obviously, this, like I said, the snow at the start of the book and the first issue. Uh, you've got the ocean. Uh, you have a lot on the island, of course. But you've, you've got the island in a you know, different set of like uh, time. Like, I, I will say the water typically looks very good. Like I like the, I think yeah. it's, it's the cover to issue one, I think, that it's, it's him standing in this water. Uh, it is. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic looking. Um, for covers, I think one and six are my favourite covers because six is you know him inside the, the the shape of the green arrow. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the colours it plays with it, you know it it plays with a lot of greens when he's doing stuff. But there's obviously a lot of yellows and oranges when it's like dealing with the the harsh sun of the island, and it's uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, you really get the idea that they're blinded by the light. Like it uses a lot of white as well to really kind of sell the idea that like you're you know everyone has to cover their eyes. Like it's really uncomfortably bright. Yeah, it's the the first issue as well. There's not a lot of defined color. It's a lot of white backgrounds, and it's it's kind of this idea that he's just kind of neutral at this point. He's he just kind of exists. He hasn't yeah. got any color to define him. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning. I just I just noticed in looking through the pages here uh, that that moment where he decides to be a hero and he burns the boat after he takes the uh, the bow off of it. That's actually the end of issue five. That's the big like go home moment. It's like that the big cliffhanger where he decides to be the hero, get into the yeah. last issue. So in terms of structure, that's a very good place to. It to is because it. it means that right final showdown. This is it. It's yeah. all built to this moment. He's made his choice. Like he had his chance to go away, and he he decided not to take that. So yeah, it's a uh, very good stuff. Um, also, I will point out as well again to compare it to Arrow. There's a very conscious choice from here to not kill people. Like you see him, yeah, he puts arrows through people, but it's a lot of shoulders, a lot of arms and legs. Uh, when he's given the choice, to, like when Hackett like comes to find him, this is when he gets his arm snapped. It's just after the showdown with Hackett that uh, like he has a chance to kill Hackett, and he's like, you know, you really think that's who I am, like yeah. the killer. So again, it's you know he's more of a hero in this than he ever has been on uh, the show. I- immediately, he's like, look, I'm a dick, but I'm not a murderer. Yeah, exactly. And he even talks about how yeah he wanted revenge. Like he thought about it for months. Like you know, like getting his hands around his throat. But ultimately, that's not who he really is. It's easy to think that when someone does something as bad as he has to him. Like he's you know taking his life from him, left him for dead. You know, so real good stuff. Um, 
But yeah, so like I was just saying, the, the, the use of the colours, the use of all these different things. Um, in fact, when he finds the boat, actually, like it's been very green, he's been like, sort of, he, he's just fought off some people, but then it goes really purple, there's like three pages of just solid purple. Everything's tinted purple, and it's the yeah. idea that it's like dusk, and he's just like finding this boat at the sort of twilight of the night. It's just good yeah, stuff. It's really nice, isn't it? And it's 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 the way the purples play off the oranges of the explosions, and it makes these these explosions really stand out in the night. Yes, yeah. And it makes them these big moments. Yeah. So you know, color uh, plays a big role in this, and I guess that makes sense because obviously it's called Green Arrow. You'd expect green plays a big role, but it's a lot of the other colors as well. It's how it how it handles them together, uh, yeah. and it, it brings the purples in at, at various points. And I, I think it's interesting that you know, so he. If it, also, uh, the woman names are, are Baby Queen, or in, at least in her language, it translates as Queen, as after him. Uh, but you know, we get this final page where he's like, you know, he's got the suit on and he's 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 above the city, and uh, he actually starts off clean shaven, uh, but he, he has the the beard, the goatee, by the end because he's been on the island. So that's kind of where it grew, uh, which is which is pretty cool. But you know, we end in this page of him like you know on top of a building, and it's you know very Batman-y, kind of like here's the city in the background, and he's he's back home to. He's going to do, but he's he's found his calling. He's found out way because it it talks about how all all this like thrill seeking, it was all about like something was missing from his life and he didn't really know what. Yeah, and it never really filled it. It never worked. But actually helping people and doing you know being the hero on the islands kind of like the first time he's felt full, felt like who he's meant to be, like he's found his purpose. So obviously it sets up that's why he's going to do what he does when he gets back. Uh, but I do think it's interesting. We only get one page of that. Like it, it doesn't like. I, yeah, I almost that, when I started reading that I almost thought like the, the last issue would maybe get like a few pages like of a sequence of them like doing some Green Arrow stuff in the city or something like that. But it's... Right, but ultimately there's no need, is there? Because it's like oh no, yeah. he's here. You you get what he's gonna do. You've you've read a comic before. Yeah, it almost it it does make me kind of wish that it, there was a year two where you know where Andy Diggle came back and did like a sequel. see see how he handles yeah. being in the city doing this as a yeah. hero rather than just circumstance on the island because, because batman year one to, you know, to compare it to the thing the reason why we have the year one title uh a lot of that is him after he's made his choice like how does he start to do his mission in the city right yeah and i almost kind of and admittedly maybe it'd be too similar but i do kind of wish like i want to see what he does next i want to see how how does he how does oliver queen handle this because that's the thing we know batman he doesn't really use the the Bruce Wayne money into for the for his fight really. You know he'll make the gadgets and stuff. He'll yeah. do things with it, but not in the same way that Oliver Queen does. Yeah, because he even offers there uh, like, oh, if you come back to the city, like, oh, money will never be a problem. Well, I'll take care of you for the rest of your life. Like, right. know, spare no expense, kind of thing. Yeah. So he's he's willing to use his money in that way. Yeah, a sequel would be really interesting. I think just to see what, what does he do different. Like, what what does this what like this is obviously this event has changed him. We we get to know who he is by the end of this, but how does he function back in civilization to use these skills now? Yeah, like uh, like all these like hoity toity friends. Like how does that work out? Uh, his parents are both dead in this this continuity, uh, yes. which is you know interesting. And depending on which what you're reading or what you're watching is different because obviously in the show he's his dad's is here and he you know dies during this and then his mother's still around. Um, and it's, you know, I don't want to keep compared to the show. It's just it's hard not to. And like, well, the, the, the show took such inspiration from this, yeah. That you can't like, like the every, everything they does on the, the island, especially in the first season, I think, is very much based on the idea of of this book. I mean, 
I mean, they, they named one of their main characters after yeah. after the writer. So, you know, it's clearly a big inspiration. Yeah. Actually, I want to point out as well, the first time we actually get the full pages of Green, it's actually in issue issue three, right? Because uh, issue three is when he finds like the, the fields and he finds uh, Hackett, and Hackett is aware of him. It's actually when Hackett comes hunting him, and then it, it's their fight. That's it's, In the it's, jungle. It's yeah. that entire fight in the jungle. Now, obviously, you're saying, oh, it's in the jungle, so of course it's mostly green. But no, it's, some of the backgrounds are just plain green. It's just th- got a big green tint to it, hasn't it? And I think what's interesting to me about that is that's, that's it saying... That's the fight where he finally becomes Green Arrow in terms of a fighter. Like that's like sure he's he's shot down the plane before then, but like that this fight where he's like fighting the bad guy, like he's fighting his mm. arch nemesis at this point in the in the jungle is where he, he earns the green, and that's why everything's green because we're inside what is now the the, the you know his mindset. Like this is where he is now. He's actually yeah. become Green Arrow in it, this it's moment. Like the, the idea of the green is like a, a focus thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool. Again, again, that's just going back to how well the book uses color. Um, yeah, which I, I, I will say one of my probably my biggest problem in the sense of the plot is uh, you mentioned your your moment of China White being mm. there, feeling coincidental. For me, that's kind of him being a natural archer and was when he was younger, and then it, obviously he says he just squandered it and never, never did anything with it. But like, I, I didn't need him to be. A particularly good archer i'd have liked to have seen him you know try and hmm. develop a little bit on the island because immediately he's just hunting fish and birds and stuff he's, he's fine yeah maybe, maybe it'd have been worth spending like some of that issue like showing him like trying to like retrain himself and get better at it i think yeah, just just the idea that even if he was good at some point like he's not good enough to survive immediately he's got to got to put some work in i guess i mean for me, it's it's okay in this sense because they established that he, he was good at it when he was younger, so it's, it doesn't feel like such a cheap thing. Right. I think for me, it's it's one of these moments where it feels like, that's, again, that's something that he's just been given. It's something that he just was. He was just naturally gifted. He, he didn't earn that. Whereas if, if he had to earn just, just to be able to use the bow here and, and earn the, the ability, whereas he, he has to earn you know, the right and the choice to be a hero, but his ability seems kind of there already. I think I think the idea is though is that he he maybe they could got got this across better, admittedly, but I think the idea is that yeah, it was there, but he never really used it, and this is the first time that he's really using it. And I, I think it's maybe just out of time. Like maybe that's like oh yeah, if we had seven issues, maybe yeah, they, they devote an entire issue to him actually retraining himself with that goddamn bow, like you know, make it difficult. But instead, it's like no, we've got other things to do, so we've just set up that he can already do it, and yeah. we can move from there. No, I get it. I think mean, it's, it's probably my biggest complaint in terms of the plot. Hmm. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but no, I was getting some lost vibes actually at one point. Uh, like the, them like racing to like call out and the, when they get into the base in the last issue and they they, they go to go to the radio and like send out a mayday and all that. I was I was getting some lost vibes of like oh we're on this island in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Uh, we need to try and like contact somebody to come get us. I was getting some uh, some lost, lost Makes sense. flashbacks. Uh, oh, flashbacks! That's even lost themed because lost was all about flashbacks. Um, but no, uh, it's, it's, it's it's good. It really is. It's 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 absolutely worth reading, and I think it is the definitive origin for for Green Arrow, in my opinion. Have you read a lot of them? Well, no, but like you know, when we get to the new Fifty Two, and you know, like things have changed there, and obviously that technically is carried through into Rebirth, and yeah, it's still you know, it's still oh, sure. Ireland and stuff happened, but. 
I'm not going to... I don't know if there was an origin in the Mike Grill stuff. If there was, I'm going to withhold my definitive origin until I've read that stuff. Because that's, that's the big Green Arrow stuff from before this, is uh, Mike Grill's run. Okay. So I'm curious to see I, if that's I, I got an origin at. I would say DC probably considers this as it, you know, with it being the year one title, those oh, probably tend to be, you know, that's the origin. That's it. That's the story. Aye, but the definitive and, and canon are two different things. No, that's true. Uh, because arguably the Superman origin that's in, in continuity is more or less probably secret origin, but, you know... I wouldn't say that's the definitive one, no. Exactly, so... Uh, still very good, admittedly. Superman, yeah. for some reason, has a lot of good origin stories. He's got, like, four of them. Uh, I don't know why, but they keep giving him origins and they keep being good. It's like, stop it, right? We've got enough. Do, do, yeah, yeah, just just pick one and go with it. Do, do, do some year two Superman stories. But, uh, but no, no, Green Arrow year one's uh, very good. Uh, I, I'd rate it highly, <laughs> I guess, is yeah. what I'm saying. Um, it's just beautiful. I, I think the art maybe like, the writing's good. I think the art is the standout. And then the writing's solid to back it up and gives it. Gives well, that's it fair. I think the art, the, the writing does everything that it needs to do for an origin story. Yeah. It gives you, you know, he's, he's unlikable at the start, so he grows to by the end where he's a hero. He, he has the moment of choosing to be a hero. Like, you know, those are the, the key points in, in an, a superhero origin story. In fact, comparing it to uh, shows, to compare it to Iron Fist for a moment, which is also sort of rich, rich boy who becomes a hero in theory. Uh, like here, you actually feel as a change, and you feel like he's not just this naive idiot right. at the end again. You get at the end where he's like, "No, I I was doing something wrong. This is maybe who I was meant to be." You know, not like even just that, just just that. just the fact that he makes the choice, and it is tough. Whereas with Iron Fist in the show, you never feel like he actually went through anything. I mean, he says he did, but you never feel it. That's true. Whereas here, it's like you you see the survival for a start. You know, before you even get to any of the actual China White Oakenfield yeah. Field stuff, you see just the survival is tough. He's kind of dying. But again, when, you know, he, he's going through sunstroke, and he makes the the choice. He makes the choice to be a hero. Whereas in the Iron Fist show, it's just like he just he just says, "Oh yes, I'm the sworn enemy of the hand." Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, we will take any excuse to shit on Iron Fist. We, we will. Iron Fist was a terrible show, and he was still terrible as a character in Defenders, and he's awful. And oh my god, I can't believe we have to do a second season of that at some point. Why do you have to remind me? But yeah, no, no. Uh, so yeah, Green Arrow Year One, good stuff. So I guess that wraps that discussion up. So by all means, uh, yeah, that's the books for the week. Uh, so before we do have some questions, which we'll tackle, uh, I think we should have some fun doing that because that's not something we usually do. And given it's the fifth week, it's nice to do something a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, we can do a top five. But I think panels. I mean, I don't know. Are we, are we, are we counting Green Arrow Year One in this? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> not really. I mean, you can tell me your best panel of that if you want, but like. <laughs> It's not the panel of the week because it's not a new book that came out this week. All right, fine. I'll go and I'll go and flick through my actual books and decide on a panel. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain I'm picking something from Supergirl. I don't actually know what yet though, if I'm honest. <laughs> you can tell we're prepared this week. Well, because uh, it's such a I'll, weird I'll, week. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting you to throw throw this on me this week. Ah, exactly. So you know, I like to keep you on your toes. I like to keep you on your toes. Um. As for Supergirl, though, I'm, hmm, I'm, I'm, 
there's a lot of good ones actually. I think the whole book is generally pretty good. There's a lot of good emotion in a lot of the scenes. Uh, I might have to just go with that opening, uh, that opening splash page of uh, Gr- Grundy holding up a a road. It's <laughs> Supergirl as she tries to like fly through it. Oh, that is really cool. It's just it's just such a cool action. It I mean, does sound I, cool. I can't uh, I can't not love it. So yeah. there you go. That's, that's, that's my panel. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with from Dark Side that panel. You know where where he, he freaks out and shoots mm-hmm. his beams to destroy the box, no, and he's it. just screaming. There, you can just see the panic that's on his good. face. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I might actually rank that story above Supergirl. Actually, if I really think about it, for me, yeah, it's definitely the strongest thing yeah. I read this week. I'd, I'd say I'd say Dark Side story, the main story from that book, Supergirl Annual, Wonder Woman. But then that's it, because and then I guess the backup from Darkseid last. But I mean, yeah, don't but, really count, does it? So yeah, if you want them ranked, that's that's the ranking, uh, I guess. And I suppose Darkseid wins by cover actually as well. If we're, if we're again picking a cover, uh, uh, for cover I'd have to go with All Star Batman. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I didn't read that, but yeah. But that that you know that neon soaked fight at night. Is... I, can, I mean, I can give you. It's a great cover, but it's just. No, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the, the rest of the issue is irrelevant when it comes to cover, but that cover is just gorgeous. Hmm. Cool. Um, what I will do is I'll tell you what's coming next week, and then we'll get into the Q and A. Yeah, we have actual books next week. Yeah, I'll wrap up the business. Uh, you know, the, the housekeeping first, as it were. Uh, okay, so coming next week, so week one, so we have Batman number thirty, Nightwing number twenty-eight, Deathstroke number twenty-three, Green Arrow number thirty, Green Lanterns number thirty, and Superman number thirty. Uh, we also have a Harley Quinn twenty fifth anniversary special number one. Uh, are you reading that, Connor? Are you going to give that? Uh, a try? Is that part of the main book, or is it just a one shot? I, I I've never looked into it. It's just it. a one shot, I think. If I'm I, I, the the regular writers might be on it though, if I remember right. It may I'm, be trying like, to, I'm trying to find it in next week's. What's it called? Sorry? Just Harley, Harley Quinn twenty fifth anniversary special. Don't think that's out next week anymore. Oh, maybe, maybe get pushed. Maybe get, even move forward to this week. I don't know. Uh, but it was solicited. Yeah, I think it might have actually. Yeah, it got solicited for this because it's. I mean, it basically is an annual. I mean, so I wouldn't surprise me if it was. Just checking. Uh, no, it doesn't look like it was this week, and it's definitely not this week because there's Harley Quinn issue twenty-seven is yeah. next week, so it doesn't have that. Oh yeah, the books we're not covering next week are Cyborg yeah, yeah. 16, Harley Quinn 27, Justice League 28, and Bane Conquest number 5. Uh, it must have been pushed to somewhere then. I did not make this book up though. It, there was a thing. <laughs> no, I remember hearing about yeah. it. I, I wasn't disputing that. I just yeah. I never looked into it. But so just in it, case DC's trying it, to make It doesn't me, seem to be next week. DC's trying to make me out to be a madman. There's, there's a random one-off special you made up. There's a... You know, you know how they're doing the the uh, the Hanna Barbera stuff, that you know, with the twists. Yeah. There's a a new dastardly and muttly miniseries coming. Oh boy. But it's uh It's 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 different. What's different about it? Uh, dastardly is a. He he's they're, they're pilots. They're fighter pilots. Yes, and they 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 they're like seem to be maybe spies. I'm not entirely sure. I'm just I'm just reading it now. Like like they're going on this mission as fighter pilots, and you know there's radioactive elements and stuff, and they've got to save the day. 
But, uh, that's my that's my uh, Motley impression. But Motley oh, still oh, seems to be a dog. Also, <laughs> that's the other Motley impression. No, that's better. Oh, I'm better. Okay. Oh, that one's better. Uh, I like that's the Motley. Yeah. Wacky I, races, I, I didn't know this was coming out. I've... Flying pigeon or catch the pigeon rather. That was the name of it. Yeah, I I didn't really follow much of those things. They were a bit too different for me. Yeah, you know, like the the, the Hannibal Barrett things with a twist. You know, they're a bit too different from. Oh, what the, right. Okay, the right. Okay. Was. I thought you meant the cartoons when you were a kid. I'm like, no, what, what no, do you mean? No. What were you watching when you were a kid? <laughs> I was watching no, Upper I, Class I, I, Chilled Programming. I, thank I, you very much. I, I, I with the pinky out. Watched those. Yeah, I yeah. was I was too busy watching some. Uh, I don't know. What's a posh cartoon? <laughs> Is there any posh cartoons? <laughs> Probably. I was too busy watching the animated version of Dynasty. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> um, Alright, so that's what's coming next week. So it's actually still a relatively quiet week next week, uh, which is why the monthly bonus episode uh, for patrons will probably be early in the month because it'll be close to week one because that's when there's less to read <laughs> from you know the regular books. Uh, if, you, if you've forgotten, we are doing Justice by Jim Kruger and Alex Ross. So that'll be me and Connor. Uh, that's that'll be exclusive for patrons in the five dollar tier. Uh, that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks, so you can look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it because that's one I've not read before. You've not read that. I have read it before, but it was one that I read way back in like the first like year or two of me reading comics, and it's been a long time. So I am mm. actually really looking forward to revisiting it. So I, I am intrigued because as much as I love Alex Ross's work, I'm not sure I love it as sequential art. Oh. I, I love I love I love every panel. But I'm not sure I love it as a story in, well, in, in everything. Well, we'll so, find out how we feel yeah. uh, in the bonus episode, just to just to tease you. Um, all right, so we got some questions then uh, to wrap up. We got some just to Aye. make this feel like a proper length episode <laughs> as best we can. We have some questions. Uh, so I've got I've got Twitter handles down here to uh, credit people uh, with these questions. Uh, there's one that's a little bit meatier that I think I'll save for last, but the rest of them I'll just do in the order I've got them written down here. So first up from Irish B number four or at Irish B number four, uh, one of our regulars. Uh, how do we feel about Joss Whedon getting an official writing credit on Justice League? That was announced this week. That was the a bit of news that popped up this week. Um, it doesn't change how I feel all that much. It's kind of like, I mean, sure, it's a little bit more of a sign of hope that he's written, he's rewritten so much of it that it's less of the the film that it was before. But even with someone good, it could still end up being a mess because it's been like so many cooks in the ki- kitchen. Yeah, I think I'm concerned because as good as as Whedon is, and don't get me wrong, he is amazing. But they still they can't reshoot everything. They're still working with a structure of what was already there. The bones of it had to be kept. The, the action scenes certainly, but it's starting to sound more and more like he redid all of the non-action scenes, which, which, which will give it this. It, it, strange feeling because obviously those action scenes from from snyder's stuff are bad for the most part i think yeah. in terms of in terms of just choreography is fine but it's typically the way it looks it's just the cg murkiness there's no definition to yeah. anything that's going on yeah i don't like it either it's i mean it gives me a little bit more hope i wouldn't say it really affects my my opinion that much but it does give me a little touch of like i, I still wouldn't say i'm looking forward to the movie i'm not not no. because i want to watch it i'm looking forward to 
seeing if it's a mess or not, just out of curiosity. Yeah, I've still got morbid curiosity, certainly. That's definitely my riding feeling. Um, I, I will say, I keep forgetting that's out this year. As do I. Like uh, that That's out in, like, what, four months, something like that? Three months, in November. Three, three, uh, we're in September now, I forgot. In fact, that's two months now, actually. What am I saying? Two months. Yeah, it's like two and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Shit. But, <laughs> like, I forget. There is very little marketing so far, really. No, no. Uh, maybe they're, they're waiting until they've, you know... Maybe they haven't got enough of it finished. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're waiting until they know they've, they've done enough of it to, to market it. Oh, yeah. man, imagine they delay it. Like, imagine they actually have to put out an announcement. Eh, yeah, it's delayed till March because too many reshoots. Well, this reshoots. is it. Like, I, I, I was convinced that they were going to with the when, when we heard about how extensive this was. But we're so close now. That... But we're so close now. Surely they can't. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still expecting it in November. It'll just be a case of, uh, I mean, I imagine whether, whether I ima- it's finished or not. I imagine they've finished the reshoots by now. Yeah, but it's just how it all comes together in the edit and all the other stuff that's got to be put into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. If nothing else, it'll be a curious monstrosity if it's bad. It's going to be fascinating to break down and talk and about it, though. It, it, Maybe it'll feel salvaged. Maybe it'll feel like, oh yeah, it's still weird around the edges because it's still got Snyder elements and the action scenes are still like his stuff. But it could end up being, you know, other than that though, pretty good. I mean, that could be our opinion. Or alternatively, it could be, this is a mess with things that I like. Yeah, it could. I mean, there's, there's so many things this could end up feeling like. This, it's. I can't remember the last time I went into a movie like this where I literally have no idea what to expect. I have no idea how I'm going to feel at the end of this. Yeah, so there you go. I guess that answers that question. Uh, next up, this is from at Tim Three Robin. Um, do you feel the big creators on all the minis and events that are coming up will hurt the main books either in quality or sales? I think sales is a possibility for some of the smaller books, but you know, mm. like, like the ones that maybe people would check out if there was, you know, less things. But the, the more books you have, the more you have to choose. Yeah, if you're buying it, because the, the minis are typically a little bit more expensive as well in the events. So if you're buying yeah. those, you may have to cut some things. So I can see the sales hurting some of the smaller books. I absolutely see that happening, uh, which is a shame. At the same time, though, admittedly, at least a, a lot of those smaller books have already like cut down a lot in terms of sales. So maybe the people who have already, like the people who have stuck with it to this point are likely the people who are going to want to stick with it anyway. Right. And also the fact that they're quite well established at this point in their series. You know, none of them are just starting up and competing to gain audience. which is a good point, actually. I think that was maybe a very intentional thing, is that other than just Leave You Suicide Squad, which was a very short event, like they've really given all the regular books a chance to really find their, their, their feet. Yeah, there was nothing like like these minis and things that are coming out now, and you know the prestige stuff. There's there's nothing there that like that'll drag you away from a book if you're already reading yeah, it because it's you, your it, your twelve issues in, whatever. And even those didn't start until later last year, and there was only a couple. And now yeah. it feels like we're gearing up for a lot more of them, which is great because I'm actually looking forward to a lot of them. But uh, it definitely didn't feel like like it really felt like oh no we're letting the focus be on the main books for a while and now we're getting some more variety and some weird things we can try out um as for affecting quality i I don't think so at all i think it probably won't affect the quality but it might affect your perception because i think a lot of the prestige books feel special and typically you you might enjoy them more because of the you know by their nature 
and and like I said, they attract some really really big name creators and are really strong focus stories so sometimes i do feel that they're better than a lot of them the mainline books which are you know they're coming out every month consistently twice a month with with the story going on and on mm, but to, so it's a different it's a different style of storytelling to a point i don't think that affects the quality though like no no no, no. it doesn't affect the quality but it might affect your perception where you you you're getting so many of these that you're enjoying them that you're going am i enjoying these more than some of the regular books only if you're stupid enough to not be aware of your own opinions. Mm, okay. Well, because like, like oh, oh, I'm enjoying these two prestige books or this this event so much. Like, oh, suddenly the rest of my books feel so boring and they're not. Like, I feel like no, no. If you're if you're used to reading comics and you're reading these every month, like you know what you're expecting. Like we know what yeah. we're expecting out of detective comics every month. We know what we're expecting out of action comics every month, and so on. I don't think, you know, I go and read Doomsday Clock and I'm like, oh man, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I go back to the set and go, oh, this is, oh, this is dead boring. And I was like, no, because I'm here for my, my Bat Family book. Oh, of course. It's just, you know, the, the more of these that we have at a time, like, I think we've got like three or four of them coming up. Yeah. These, you know, the, but then the more of them you have, is there a danger? I wonder, is there a danger of when you get so many that you go, I'd rather just be reading these than, than the, the, like, the other, these feel special and, I think, I, and it, it's making my main books feel. It's totally. Bad. Per person basis, because honestly, I think I'm actually kind of not always, but there's a point in me where it's like, no, I actually I appreciate the consistency of the things yeah. that are always there. Uh, sometimes I actually kind of get a little bit fatigued with all these extra things, like you know, like I ended up kind of enjoying Nightwing the New Order, but before I read it, I'm like, oh, that's that weird extra book I've got this week that's not part of my main set. Like it feels like an extra right thing again. I have to this do. goes back to what we were just saying. You're established in in the books that you read. You read them probably because you enjoy them. Uh, one would hope. Ah. And uh, oh, so you're forced you, to by Patreon because you read Redhead every month. Yep, yep, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know the idea that you're you're already established in these. They're, they're, you've been reading these books for probably a year with most of them now at this yeah. point, and you're like, oh, so you're probably accustomed to them to what they are, unless they do dip. For whatever reasons, some do, like Superman just did, for example. Yeah, but you know, you, you, even most big books like have their dips and you know the highs and lows. Like it's, it's something that happens, and you you don't one low doesn't mean okay, I'm I'm dropping this forever now. Like that's you, true, that's true. That that does remind me a little bit of news on Superman though, actually, that I think we forgot to mention about. Uh, it's getting a different creative team for a couple of issues. Oh yeah, the the apparently the the next arc with Tomasi and Gleason was meant to start at like thirty thirty one whatever the number is. And uh, instead, there's going to be a two-issue fill-in uh, yeah. from someone else. Before I'm assuming they that it's just the arc, arcs just delayed. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming it'll be that's the what same it is. issues. Yeah. It'll just be a you know this extra fill-in for whatever. Get yeah. give them a break, catch up. I mean, it's funny that it's happening right after a two-issue break, the, or, or actually three-issue break, because we're not done with that arc yet. But like you know, like we've had this little break already. I wonder, like, are they up to something else on another book that we don't know about yet? That's maybe delaying. Mm, their, their work because it's i mean because tomasi's still doing super sun so it's not like uh like all of their work's kind of stopped but so i'm just yeah. curious like i'm wondering if are they working on a tie-in to an event or something that we don't know about yet it's... and it makes me go back to that last arc with them you know where we felt like we had some problems it felt like a, a textbook it felt uh, that, padded that, that two issue uh, field uh, trip uh, issue. it does make me wonder were they kind of rushing that out because and they were, you know that was almost just filling mm. the word count quota where it's like hey we'll just this'll do that's that's four pages covered of just textbook yeah, uh, yeah. And just copy and paste essentially 
Well, I'm only accused of my dad. I feel a bit. Well, no, but you know when he was reading like the memorials and things like that. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm sure they still paraphrased it into their own. Like that, that just feels a bit of a. That is an accusation there. That's not only an accusation of being lazy. That's an accusation of plagiarizing. I'm just saying. I'm assuming that they were mostly real memorials, and they copied them word for word, out of respect. Maybe I don't know, uh, but no. So yeah, that's the thing that's happening. Uh, but no, I, I don't think it'll hurt the quality unless they actively start taking people off books. Like you know, if they if they take, oh Tinny, you're not doing detective anymore because you're doing an event. Like if they start doing that, then sure, yeah, it'll start to have an effect. Uh, uh, if if right, so Humphreys is coming off Green Lanterns and. We know he said, you know, it's because he's, he's getting to work on something special that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. If it turns out that it's all, oh, it's a prestige book or something that he is working on or it's a mini, then I guess that could be a fair question because then they are coming off the main books to do these special things. Not for, not for one or two instances. Because like, no, no, no. one or two instances, I feel like is normal shuffling around anyway. Especially since, in this case, Sealy's replacing them. It's like, okay, well, we replace one good writer with another good writer. Right, I'm like, right. I, I'm just, I mean, if, if, if this is... If that's the reason, is that but, the start of a But of if, a if, if, if that happens multiple times and then the replacements on the main books are like, oh, it's someone who's clearly... Like, if they, if they take... Let's say they do, they take Tiny off of Detective and then, oh, Scott Lobdell's now writing Detective Comics. It's like, mm-hmm. Like, that's when they start to have a problem. But honestly, up until now, there's absolutely zero evidence that people are going to be, like, yanked off main books right. and then replaced with lower-tier talent, I guess. To... I, I, I do think it might affect some of these smaller books. So like like the Hellblazer, where, you know, Seeley was going on to that, presumably was going to do for a while, you know, presumably had more than one arc planned, because it, it wasn't announced as a, as a one-arc thing, like the, the Wonder Woman stories were announced as, these are doing one arc, that's it. And... You know, Seeley went on to Hellblazer, and then it was like, oh, actually, he's going to Green Lanterns instead. So he's kind of dropped Hellblazer, and someone else is going to have to pick that up now. Yeah, but that's before his first issue of that even came out. So it wasn't even like a set in stone thing. Like, I think there's a big difference between that and someone who's been on a book for like 20, 30 issues, yeah. and then, oh, you're being yanked because of X reason. Mm. So I don't know. I, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned about any of this right now. Nah, that wouldn't be either, really. Yeah, I don't think there's any indication that anything's suffering because of it. Because especially, it's like, Jeff Johns is doing Doomsday Clock. He wasn't on anything anyway. Like, it's special because he's not been doing anything, actually. That's why. That's part of why that's so special. Yeah. And then you, you've got the other stuff. Like, Snyder wasn't really on anything outside of All-Star Batman, right? Yeah, he wasn't doing anything on that. Yeah. And in fact, he's actually got more. He's, he's doing that. He's doing the new Dark Matter uh, book. Uh, what was it? Challenges of the Unknown he's doing. Yes. So, you know, he's, he's got a new book. But it's, again, it's not taking away from from the other stuff so at least for now I don't think there's any reason to that's not to say that it couldn't become an issue down the line but uh, and even then like if someone does get taken off a book you know is that the natural end of their run anyway like because you know the runs can't last forever so right and uh, and um, it's just a case by case basis at that point isn't it it's a case by case basis I think the only way that I, I feel like oh this is a big problem is if oh, suddenly this all happens at once and then they all seem to be on these new minis and and, and even then it's this weird situation where you don't necessarily feel the effects because you're still getting good books. It may, it may not be the mainline, mm. you know, Rebirth titles, but you're still getting a lot of books from DC. You know, say that they come off Detective, but they do a mini. You're still getting that mini. You're still getting a good book from the same writer. And again, this is just in terms of the, the sales are another thing because, yeah, maybe if to like fit all these new books, you're cutting some of the, the lower tier books. 
Um, but I, I think in terms of quality, I have zero reason to think there actually would be a, an impact. Uh, I agree. And even then, and even if it happens once, I don't think that's like a systematic problem where it's all happening to all the rebirths. It's just, okay, so it's happened to one unfortunate book, necessarily. Then, whatever. Yeah. Big deal. Like, yeah. it's, it's going to happen from time to time. They can't keep the same careers on the same books forever. Uh, there's yeah, some the, that I would like them the to fact that they've time. had as many as if they had, you know, like, they've had so many that stayed on for so long at this point. Yeah, because consistently, what, Wonder Woman, Superwoman, and Hellblazer are, like, the only ones that have changed, right? Yeah, with Green Lanterns coming up. And Green Lanterns will be the new one, yeah. But then again, it, replacement Tim Seeley, oh my god. What, what, what are we going to do? Tim Seeley well, on the no, book? Yeah, oh. I, and, and by all accounts, Superwoman was better. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like the like, new writer better, yeah. And and Wonder Woman's a strange situation where, you know, they left because they you know, had other stuff to do. Yeah, that was that was the, the creative team's choice. What I think is interesting about that, though, with Wonder Woman is that obviously we had the five-issue thing for one team and then we're getting another sort of arc or two from this new team. What I think is interesting about that, to me that feels like they they want another big team on Wonder Woman, but they've not quite found them yet. So they're doing these these small arc runs with these different teams. It's just a... It's, a, it's kind of like, not filler, but like a... Just a, a temporary thing because they're holding out for their next big name they want to put on it. They want I, someone I feel big. Like they're almost treating it as trials for you know some of yeah, these maybe. teams like like the maybe not so much the you know you know when we got Robinson on there he's, he's well established whatever but you know this this writer at the minute who has come from a digital first title it's like let's let's see what she can handle in the big leagues let's yeah. see what she can do see yeah. where the sales I, I think so I I wouldn't be surprised if they announce like she ends up being full time in Wonder Woman after this next little bit or even if not Wonder Woman I can see her getting a book full yeah, time book. like yeah because yeah. because she's she's proved herself you know it's like okay let's see how the sales do because obviously that's what matters to them at the end of the day yeah I, I, yeah I can see I can see her getting a full time book if it's not Wonder Woman something else uh, after this yeah. Um, and again, same with because she did an issue of Justice League recently as well. She had one fill in issue of that. So clearly, the you know they're, they're testing the waters with some of these things. Uh, but I am convinced that whoever's going to be the next like proper like ongoing run Wonder Woman will get another big name. I think they're just either trying to like find who they want for it, or get someone else to like free up their schedule so they're open for it. Could could that be Humphreys? I wouldn't guess right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so right now. But it's not impossible. It's it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. it's not impossible. All right. Next question comes from at Carson underscore Nicky. Uh, Dark Knight Returns is actually very overrated. Discuss. <laughs> I th- salty comment say, that one. Nice, nice salty question. I think it's uh, an amazing book and a fantastic read, but it is dated. Okay. It's very dated and it's of its time, and I think you have to, you know, like when you when you watch an older movie that that you can go, okay, this is different. It's the same way like we're we're watching through Star Trek right now on you know they already cancelled, and it's we we enjoy a lot of them a lot, but at the same time there's always a bit of going we have to accommodate certain things because it's from its time, and I feel like Dark Knight Returns is kind of like that for me where. There are there are things in it that are like this is because of how it was at the time, even though it's not something I necessarily think is good now. Hmm. Interesting. I. It's funny because I love the first issue of Dark Knight Returns because you know it's four issues. Yeah. I love the first issue a lot. I lo- I love the actual return part of Dark Knight Returns, uh, and then the rest of it. I think it's fine. Like I don't love Dark Knight Returns. I think Batman Year One is better. I think uh, Frank Miller's Daredevil work 
is mostly better than the rest of Dark Knight uh, Returns. I, I am Red is Dead of War, but I agree on year one. Yeah, like I, I, that's just kind of how I feel about it. I think the the actual return issue, that first issue, is excellent, and then the rest of it, I think it's okay. Like I think it does some okay stuff. I do think it mistreats Superman. Uh, like that's a, but I, I think any yeah. Superman fan typically has a problem with how he's handled in that story. Um, I'm not in love with the art, if I remember right. Like I, I, I don't remember. I, I, I really like the art, but again, I think that's that's one of these things where that's just taste. I think. But then. I think the actual question here overrated. Like, I think that's less about how much we like it, and it's more about the perception of the Dark Knight Returns because it is often held up as this. You know, Batman v Superman's announced. They announce it with a quote from that book, and everyone keeps talking about how, oh yeah, the big part of the source material where we're looking at Dark Knight Returns. That's the uh, yeah. I think I think it's overrated in general media, like you yeah. know, general public people who maybe don't read comics that much. They, they like to bring it up. They like to talk about how it was the start of the gritty Batman and all the rest of it. And to an extent, it was, but. I, I do think yeah you're right it's it's this the it's the media and when they're talking about oh it's been it's based on comic books oh Dark Knight Returns is the big landmark book that everyone bases things on and they probably shouldn't maybe they shouldn't you're right and I'm not defending that but it, it is undeniable that it shaped comics for decades oh no come. but I think the thing is here is that it's essentially an Elseworld right it's not yeah. it's not an incontinuity Batman story. Uh, year one, I think, actually has more of the effect in terms of the incontinuity Batman going forward. Um, Dark Knight Returns is very much its kind of own thing, and it's it's good own thing. And like I say, I love the first issue, uh, and I like a decent amount of what comes after it, but not as much as that first issue. And, and it, I, I will say, though, you know, when you're talking about all oh, the actual return, that first issue is, mm. is amazing. I think that's a lot of what the media, you know, when they talk about it as a book, that's kind of what they often refer to as you know you know when they talk mm. about it's a dark knight return style story they're talking about you know the, the coming out of retirement the, not the, the old grizzled yeah they're not talking about the uh the the nazi mutants and the right they're, they're not really talking yeah. about that part of the book are they they're talking about the ideas of that first issue the the themes of you know coming out of retirement coming back and be, and and being different and, and how time's affected that you. is probably true i will say in terms of is it overrated i do cringe when i hear like you know on the run up to Batman v Superman, when they kept using, like, they kept, oh, we're taking inspiration from Dark Knight. I like, I, I usually cringe when I heard it. Like, it, like it didn't fill me with hope because I, I feel like it's one of those stories that, not misinterpreted, but definitely is taking, taking at face value by people who like maybe don't read a lot of other comics and just sort of like, oh, we're doing Dark Knight Returns because that's the one that everyone loves and, right. and like, uh, that's not really the Batman I want in general. No, no, and I wouldn't blame. Frank Miller for that either. I think he was very aware of of when he was writing it that this was a different Batman. Oh this yeah, wasn't he, the Batman yeah. of, of, that was in continuity. He knew what he was doing at the time. No, I'm not going to say that he continued to always know what he was doing. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not defending the, you know some of his more recent works, yeah. but then, then when he wrote that, I think he was aware that this was not the same Batman that he just wrote in year one. This wasn't supposed to be the end game for that. This is just a possibility. No, because part of it is a bit of a deconstruction. It's not quite Watchmen levels, but it's there's definitely a deconstructive it's, it's getting at it, yeah. element in there. Um, it's analysing Batman and analysing uh, the, the, you know, the, the traditional Batman story beats. It's just, part of that's in the book. Um, but is it overrated? Yes. I, I probably would say yes, it is overrated. And at the very least, it is... It's over... I, I will say... It's overrated by 
people who don't read comics by people who do read comics and you know i've actually read the book and uh, i've read other things as well you know a bit more aware i don't think it's overrated by them it's placed quite fairly by those people from my experience by the non-comic readers it's probably over credited for things yeah you know, it's seen, it's seen on the pedestal as this big story that people should be aspire to. And honest, that's because, they're, that's because they're, they're just told that it is, yeah. because they have no context for it. And I feel like, no, it shouldn't be. There's a lot of other Batman stories I'd rather see movies try and emulate and try and do. I'd rather see a movie try and do a long Halloween long before I'd rather see them do Dark Knight Returns. Although, I, interesting tidbit, the animated movie, Dark Knight Returns, the two-part animated movie they did, I actually think is the best animated movie they've done in that line. Not, I just... It's not the best animated Batman movie in general because Mask of the Phantasm exists, but like in terms of that line of like direct-to-video movies from 2007 onwards, I agree with that, and I think that actually does a great job updating some of the things that are quite stilted in the the writing that are from the time. Mm. You know, the the, the newscasting. It, it cuts down the newscasting a lot, which is and, 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 and there is also two... because on TV you can show that in the background yeah. while having other stuff happen on, on a video. I will, I will say, if I'm going to criticize that book, there is far too much of the news report casting stuff. Right, and again, that's where it feels very of its time, where it's yeah. this, this fear and paying attention to the news all the time and seeing what's going to happen. But there is some very good stuff in that book, though, as well. Like, yeah. So, um, it's definitely worth reading. It definitely deserves a place in history and it deserves a lot of the talk that it gets. But does it get too much? Does it get overcredited? And do people who don't read comics always bring it up as the thing we should talk about when really there's a lot of other worthwhile Batman it's, it's stories. It's one of many things that should be discussed, and it, like I say, it deserves yeah. to have discussion about it. I'm sure we'll cover it at some point. But... Yeah. It's not the it's not the be-all and end-all. So, yeah, hope that, hope that answers the question. Well, I mean, you just asked us to discuss it, so I suppose we, we achieved that. Uh, so, the last question that I'm going to bring forth uh, is from At Talking Superman, and... Uh, this one's a bit more general. Uh, can you guys remember specific moments that you became attached to a character? Uh, this one's probably the most difficult question, but I think it may also give us the most interesting conversation. See, this is the one where I wish you'd given me some warning. Where nope, I could have nope. I, want, I want to see you struggle. I want to see you struggle and claw at your memories. Because I, I am going to struggle with this as well. It's actually quite a hard question to think about, okay, when did I actually grow attached to certain characters? I can tell you when I grew reattached to Batman. I can start with that. Okay. Because I had basically kind of fallen away from like superheroes. I didn't read comics when I was a kid. And uh, I watched the Superman movies and the Batman movies and the Batman animated series specifically when a lot when I was a kid. And it was actually Batman Begins that I remember going to see um, and not really feeling overly strongly about it. I didn't even know who Christopher Nolan was before I went to see that. I was, I think, 16 at the time. And that was the movie that actually got me reading comic books. And I, I remember very vividly watching that movie and I got to the, the moment where uh, Gordon arrives at the docks and Falcone's like chained up on the, the big signal and he looks up into the sky and you see just kind of the rough shape of a bat as the music kind of swells up. And I remember just kind of in that moment, like I mean, obviously the movie was, get, was good continuously up until that point, but I remember just at that moment kind of like getting Batman in a way that I'd never gotten as, as a kid. Like the idea of like creating the myth and the symbol and how useful that is in, in terms of like actually spreading the message of what he's about and why he uses that as part of his arsenal um like i remember just understanding that maybe for the first time probably just because i hadn't really been looking at anything i probably hadn't, i probably hadn't looked at a batman related thing in like over five years at, at which point would have been like you know 10 or 11 years old so there's a big difference in my life from yeah. 10 11 to 16 
Um, and I, I remember actually going out after seeing that movie and buying the Superman movies in DVD because I wanted to rewatch them because I, I had this reignite, reignited passion for superheroes and you know DC were who I cared about. So that was like where I went. Mm. But but I, I remember that made me buy Batman Year One and th- then I, from there more yeah. more books. So I can that's when I reignited my love of Batman. That's when I grew attached to that idea of theatricality and you know a lot of what that movie talks about about the symbol and uh all, all that stuff and how ideas a man you can be ignored but as a symbol you you could be immortal and that's why he you know he specifically sets out to become a maybe a superhero is not the right word but like a an character icon. yeah an icon it's like you know because other characters like to do it because they want to disguise themselves or they they for other reasons but batman i wanted to create the batman as a character because it was going to scare the shit out of villains and it was going to mean yeah. something and I like that a lot. So, oh, that's fair. See, I, I'm different. Like, like, I feel like a lot of people now have they come into comics through a movie. You know, w- yeah. whether it is you know Nolan's Batman is or, or a TV show, quite common. That's it for me. It, I think it's a it's a different feeling with a TV show because for me it was a TV show and it was it was Smallville actually. Oh. I know, I know. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's the best show ever. I'm not, but it oh, will, better not be it, saying it's the no, best show ever. I'm not, but it's. It's different in a TV show because I think I don't think you have, you know, like a movie. You you sit there for two hours and you go, I want more of that, you know, and then you go and that's when you go out and you 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 seek out more. You went, yeah, with Smallville, I watch it for an hour and go, I don't want more of that. Well, see, this is it. Like, I, you know, you watch the whole thing, and over years, it's like, you know, there's these things that I want to know more about. Like, you'll get. Mm an episode with the JSA, and it's like, oh, you know, I, I liked that character, even even if it's just something as simple as. I like the design. Where can I see more? What you know? Because that's why you know superhero designs are so iconic. In part, is because you remember it, and that that kind of is a, an immediate intrigue. Okay. And, and you you look at it, and 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 Smallville, for all its faults with the other things that it does, someone like like I think Lex was probably the greatest character on it, and I think it was a, a very good portrayal of Lex, and uh, both through. The, the actual Lex and through Lionel, who is uh, uh, you know, yeah. also a Lex character. I, I, I won't fault you too much there. I will say that, you know, th- that went down the toilet a little bit later on with how absurd it got. But yeah, right, early right. on, but, sure. But early on, you know, with the two of them, they, they were both various versions of Lex at different stages of their life. Yeah. And and it was like, where can I get more of that type of story? Like, where can I get more of that Lex character? So as I said so, about yeah. Lex, we're talking about how you got connected to Lex. <laughs> I suppose we are. Well, that's the su- question. I, su- when did, when did you, I suppose, yeah. When did you get attached it, to a character? Like that's the question. Yeah, I, so. I suppose we are, and and that's that that made me look into some Superman comics. And one of the first ones I read was actually you know Azarello's Luther. Hmm. And it was because of of Smallville where I saw this character. You know, it, it was you know because they had both the businessman and and the scientist side presented in that show, and you know the the, the origin, the ruthlessness. It's like you know, like that's a a really interesting character that I wanted to see more of, and I wanted to I wanted to get a story from that. And obviously, it got to a point where Smallville wasn't going to give me that. So it's like, right, where can I get more? Comics would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, that kind of turned into like, how did we get into comic books? But, but but again, it's it's this idea that there wasn't a specific moment that I got yeah. I, I realized well, I was attached to Lex. It was like it got to a point where I was like. I want to see more of that character. It's, it's kind of gotten away from that. I want to see more of it. It makes sense to a point that some of our first attachments were outside of comics because that's how we kind of discovered the characters and that's where we went. So I'm going to make this a little bit tougher. Think of a character who we didn't know from the shows or movies first 
and then it was when reading the comics where we got to a specific moment where we connected to someone. I can tell you Wonder Woman, I, I don't have, the speci- I have to think hard on the specific moment, but attachment to Wonder Woman has definitely come through Rucker's run. Because before it's like, yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman's there, she's, she's fine, whatever, but I never had any attachment yeah, to the character. It, it, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like how she's, okay, I accept that she's the the, the, the third of the trinity, she's the, 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 the other, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of DC, she's the next face on there, but I'm not necessarily... I, it, it was at a point where I probably wouldn't read a, a Wonder Woman book just because it was Wonder Woman. You know, like mm. where, whereas, and I, you know, we, we went into Rebirth going, we're not, we weren't there because, oh, it's a Wonder Woman book. We're excited. We were there. It's a Rucker book. We want to read this. Mm. Whereas now I probably go, do you know what? I, I, whoever they throw on this creative team next, I'm going to give it a try because thanks to that run with, through Rucker, I'm, I'm attached to the character. I want to see what comes next for Diana. Yeah, you understand the character now. You understand who she yeah. is and why you should care about her. Yeah, no, I, 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 get, your, I get your feelings. But obviously, that's that's that story. I think it definitely came through through year one, probably, because that, that, the art in that story really connected me there. Yeah, I think... I'm trying to think of one that specifically, you know, for, I got from the comic books. Maybe... Going to someone like Stephanie Brown's a good idea, like because I, mm. I remember just trying her Batgirl run because it was Batgirl, right? That was just the thing. Oh, it does a Batgirl book. I want to read the Batgirl because I like Barbara Gordon and stuff. Um, and you know that that book starts with her like uh, you think it's. I mean, I didn't know this at the time, but you think it's this cast. It's Cassie's outfit, and eventually it rips off the mask, and it's like I'm Stephanie Brown, and I'm like, okay, cool. Who's <laughs> Stephanie Brown? Impact yeah. was lost on you there. Yeah, uh, obviously when I've re- I went back and read yeah. it again, and I have a better understanding of these things. And she gets her own suit, obviously, uh, like five or six issues in, or whatever it is. Uh, and you know, Oracle's training her, and she's like looking out for her. But I, I, I remember like this discovery of who this character was, because I mean, I knew what Batgirl is as an idea, but who is this character? And I, I remember. Yeah like simple things like the whole idea of her liking waffles and she gets up and she has waffles in the morning with her mother and it's it's these quiet moments between the heroics i think that's why we get sometimes disappointed when we have a bit like justice league and it's just action 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 and there's no downbeats there's no moments and, where the characters just are who they are and that's it you tell here you know that's the moment you attach to, to stephanie brown the idea that she just goes down and has waffles it's so normal there's an attachment there well, I, I think that's why I like. I mean, and to an extent, the original sort of idea of Barbara Gordon as Batgirls is she's just a teenage girl who wants to do good, so she tries to fit this around her school life. It's it's almost the it's, it's almost you know why I like the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer so much is it's it's the idea of someone in high school having to live this double life and uh, you know work around the fact that they have to like their parents when we know they're doing it for a good reason, but their parents are just going to think they're you know. Tsk- try to be delinquents <laughs> no you're right and and i think it's something that maybe is missing sometimes in books these days when when i think of that run mm. i don't think of any specific plot points necessarily i think of the character and you know her interactions with the others yeah her crushes her you know being scared of batman her you know try to like teach damien how damien how to be a kid and right like I, say, I don't think of any plots i think of just these character moments and i I think if I think of you know more recent things, I think maybe maybe there's a danger that some books now are too plot focused and they forget mm. about let's just just do some stuff with the characters, let's just have fun for a while. There's there's a need to always have a big story. Actually, uh, that makes me think. I mentioned Damien. If I think of like when did I grow to like Damien as a character? I don't think it was in the initial Grant Morrison stuff. I think it was probably when Dick became Batman and he was the Robin to Dick's Batman. I think 
between Batman and Robin and maybe even the Streets of Gotham stuff that uh, like Denny was was doing. Yeah, I think for me, I liked him as a pairing in that stuff. That was you know, mm. good stuff. I, I like the way he had a relationship with Dick, but I don't think I like Damien himself as a character uh, and go attached to him until Tomasi and Gleason's Batman and Robin. See, I think I did. I, and maybe it was that Batgirl issue, actually, because maybe that was the time where it, it let him interact with someone completely different mm. who tried to do something different with him. So maybe it was that very issue that I, I actually grew to like Damien the way I do now. Because now I just love him. I think he's hilarious. I think I think he's got yeah. such a great little attitude. And not great in a good way, but just great in a entertaining way. The way he bounces off others, the way he's such a little hard-ass, like... All yeah, those elements. Because when he first showed up, he was kind of this antagonist, and Batman had to try and go and stop him from killing someone with a sword. Like at that point, he was purely just plot. But then he became a character who was worth sticking around, and yeah, uh, like you know that that became kind of stuff like that. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if there's if there's any other uh, like again, just characters in the comics specifically, where there's a moment in the comics. I, I, I think it's hard to try, it's kind of hard to try and pair it down to one moment. And I think, right, because for me, a lot of it is that like I look back and, and realise, like, I realise yeah, I, I, I care about this now, whereas I didn't necessarily earlier on. It's built over time. Yeah, I think that would be my answer as well, is typically you look back after a little bit of time and go, oh man, I actually really care about this character now. And I didn't at the start of this, you know, maybe this run of comics or the start of this TV show or this... Right, uh, that's, that's what I was saying with like with Smallville, where I was like, when it got to a point where you know Lex was kind of going off the rails and they were doing crazy stuff, I was like, huh, I actually really liked what that was before. I want more of that. Mm. And it's kind of this feeling that when it was going on, I didn't necessarily know that I was you know super into that, but then I was like, huh, I, I liked that. That was that was what I liked, and and you, you kind of realize later that it's it's that stuff as a whole as it grows and did these things that you that you enjoyed it for that. I think, I think to go with the whole Stephanie story I just said about how I like I went through the Batgirl books. So I read I went to Batgirl and then I discovered who she was and I really grew attached to who she was. I think even just the idea of like you know Barbara as Batgirl. Like I think I liked the idea of Batgirl, but I didn't really know a whole lot about her up until a point. And then you know I read Batgirl Year One, I read other things, and this idea. I think there's a lot of characters where I liked the idea of the character before I really knew who they were. And then I went to read about them, and then I, I, I grew to learn who various characters were, especially some of the smaller ones who are, like, you know, tangential to the, the main cast. Yeah. Like, uh, so, you know, characters like that, are, uh, we fill in the, these these weird kind of... Like, I, I think I had an idea, like, like the idea of, like, Black Canary to Green Arrow, like, that was just an idea for a long time, and then I read... You know, various story. I read some Birds of Prey. I read various other things that had Black Canary in it. And I'm like, okay, I actually understand who Dinah is now. Enough to the point where, when the this TV show Arrow started, I'm like, this doesn't feel like Dinah. This is not. Yeah. This is not the character. Uh, and I think that's a big thing where, and I, I think this is one of the just to sort of tangent this into another discussion is, I think that's one of the big things that I get really annoyed when I'm arguing with someone about, say, the portrayal of Superman and Man of Steel, or more specifically Batman v Superman, and. To a lot of people, if you just slap that S on the chest and you call him Superman, he's Superman, and they don't understand that, no, the character... It's, it's more than that, yeah. yeah. There's a character there that is the character, and uh, that is that is Superman. Like, it's not just enough to slap the name on but I, I think, like you're saying, like you go to them in the first place because you, you go, oh, well, that's Superman, I know what that is. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested. And then you read a good Superman story, and you go, oh, I'm, I'm attached to this character now, who it is. Like, and and it, it's that moment of realization of, 
it's it's the character that you care about now, not the idea of the character. Yeah, well, it's both. I, I think the the idea of Superman and who he is and what he can represent, and who he can. I be think that, to that that's what brings you in. Yeah, and then you get attached to who, who, who the actual what what Superman actually is. Well, yeah, but I, I think it mixes. I think it's both. Like, I, I think the whole idea of what Superman is is also something that Batman v Superman gets wrong. Like, oh yeah, it's it's like it's everything. It's everything about him, but it, it feeds into his character. Um, it's one thing to just say Batman oh he's just a vigilante who dresses up as a bat and beats up criminals but it's another thing to say why did he pick the bat why did he do these things why did, why, why this particular way why doesn't he kill people like what are these rules like, and then you know you have Batman v Superman who just throws that out of the window so, oh, he's just killing people left and right and it's like why does that upset me as a Batman fan well it upsets me because that's not who he is like you've yeah. fundamentally just not got the character right with that, and that's to say, there's not elements that you can change, or there's elements that you can like. In, in Man of Steel, like I wasn't pissed that they did the whole, oh, they've not had a natural birth in Krypton. I'm like, okay, that could be interesting. Like, why, why like, let's explore it's, that idea. That's it. There are fundamental things to a character that are essential. Like yeah. with Batman, he can't kill. That's that's a fundamental thing. Like, like that's it. Yeah, you uh, can't change but, that. Yeah, but if you want to change, you know, some other stuff. I'm okay with that. There are things that you can change about characters that, that don't make, have too much impact overall, but as, as long as the core is intact, it was just a different version. Yeah, yeah. I think absolutely that's the case. I'm just, I'll just to swing back around to the original question, I'm just trying to think if there's any other characters that I can think of where that was the, the at least the, the run or the story that I, I, got, I got attached mm. to them. I'm trying to think. Stargirl in, JS, in John's JSA. Can you be more specific? Is there a specific kind of? It's 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 when she's with um, Jakeem and she's you know, she's talking about her family and mm. and and why she's Stargirl and you know the the idea that she she had this legacy she wanted to be this but her family didn't want her to but she was like no I'm going to do it anyway because that's that's who I want to be. Okay. And I think that, that that was the moment where I was like, okay, I, I get this character, I get who she is, I get why she's doing this. Actually, if to throw back to go back to Batman Begins for a second, can I just say that again, much like Batman, but even to a greater extent, because up until that point he'd been so misrepresented, the idea of James Gordon and who that character is, oh, yeah, and having an appreciation that he's actually because in the previous movies, like the, the Burton and the the Schumacher movies, he literally just sort of. He's this fat guy who just waves Batman on and says, "Yeah, go Batman, go." Whereas he's actually a character. He has a purpose. He has a yeah. his own sort of uh, like problems and his own ideals. And uh, there's a reason why Batman goes to him. It's actually a rich you know, relationship between them, and it's something that a, a lot of adaptations I think have squandered in the past, and they shouldn't. It's a big part of Batman's you know overall world. Um, and I have no yeah. idea what the show Gotham's doing now. I gave up with Balloon Man, like four episodes in. Like I have no idea what that's doing now. I think but... I think the best thing about Gotham that I saw was their their bullock. Yes, I agree with uh, that. The, the bullock was pretty on point. Just from the first couple of episodes, yeah, I can say that bullock was pretty well cast. Donald yeah, it might, might might not yeah. be anymore. It might have gone off the rails in the writing. Yeah. I, I saw an image actually in the last couple of weeks of their apparently young Bruce Wayne's wearing a, a kind of proto bat suit. Yeah, and he looks like a gimp. He looks like a gimp. What? what? I didn't think it was real become? at first when you when you showed me that. It's real. <laughs> it's there. 
Because I think one of my worries with Gotham when they announced it was like, is this just going to be the next Smallville where every single villain under the sun is going to appear before he ever becomes Batman? And, you know, I, I remember watching the pilot of Gotham and, you know, his parents have been killed like a week ago and he's already standing on the roof going, I have to confront my fear. I'm like, no, let him grieve first. Like, no, too quick. You're just you're getting to these points that you shouldn't get to until much later in his life. And it's just, nah. Yeah. Bug the, much. bug the hell out of me. Okay, I guess that's as best as we're getting on that question. Uh, hopefully yeah. you enjoyed uh, some of that answer, uh, or at least the discussion hopefully was interesting. Uh, so, but no, so thanks for the questions. Uh, that's something we might do in some week fives. Uh, we, were, we were also toying with maybe doing that on the, uh, the the monthly bonuses, since that's just the one thing we talk about on those, that we'd maybe have a little bit of question time on there. Uh, but of course, that means you also have to be one of the patrons if you want to hear the, the response. So, um but no, so we'll give that some thought because uh, obviously the regular episodes are typically far too long to add in a Q&A section uh, as you notice uh, especially for weeks 2 and 3, two and a half hours has become kind of the normal for those and that's going to be consistent because we're going to have more issues of metal we're going to have issues of uh, Doomsday Clock soon coming into things uh, but that I mean, is even, even before we get to Doomsday Clock we've got things like the, the Oz Effect and you know Tim Drake's return. That's right yeah, th- th- those end up causing a lot of like long discussions. I, I, th- I think it's maybe uh, the downside of this this fifth week as well is that the issues we did have didn't really give us a lot of meat to no, they were bite like, into. Eh, it's the next part of the story. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, they were fine, but there wasn't that sort of landmark book that we, we headlined the show with, which we uh, often do. Um, but there you go. That has been episode 67 of Comics from the Multiverse. It has been a weird, weird edition, but here we are. So, by all means, let us know what you thought of this week's comics. Uh, by all means, give us your own answers to those questions uh, as well in the comments, if you want to. Uh, whether that's on YouTube or if you're uh, on iTunes, give us a review. If you're on any other podcast service, like our app, you know, give us a five-star rating, whatever it is. Uh, all of it helps. Like and subscribe, all the rest of it. Uh, if you want to support us, as we mentioned, patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Um, uh, in the $5 tier, you get access to the monthly bonus episode, which me and Connor do. Uh, we're doing justice this coming month uh, and you also get to vote on the fifth week uh, episode what trade or whatever we do so that happens every couple of months as well so uh, you can support us over there um otherwise is there anything else i need to plug or promote or say things about just if you if you want to get more involved in the discussions in general mm. just uh come and join the Malfas facebook group there is a there's always a comic thread where we discuss yeah. Much anything. And if you, uh, of course, if you're if you're not on the YouTube version of this show, if you go to Mailfuzz TV, there's a bunch of other stuff we talk about on there. We do movie reviews, TV reviews. Uh, me and Tim do the horror movie reviews every week. So there's, there's a lot of other content if you want to hear us talk about stuff that isn't comic books. But um, but that is that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Uh, keep reading DC Comics. And I am about to go and order some Chinese food because I am starving. Thank you once again for watching, guys. And always remember, never get lost and the speed force.